Yeah, hey everybody, this is Zach. We're going to record a 3E updates and interesting features session. We've got a, most of us on the podcast here. Uh, one of our crew may jump in later. We'll see, see if that ends up panning out. Uh, but uh, looking forward to discussing the now just Hyperborea 3rd edition uh, with my good friends, James, James, and John. Otherwise known as James, Jimmy, and John. Otherwise known as Hawker, Sigurd, and Fracky, among other characters, uh, who you'll probably hear at some point in the flashback episodes. But uh, stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we're pretty pumped about 3rd edition and all the cool features it has to offer. And some, We'll just talk through some of the changes today. And yeah, hope you enjoy. Cue intro music. All right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having us, uh, illustrious game master. Oh, so formal, so formal today. Uh, but yeah, John, you're of course you're on mute for some reason. Your audio is not working. <laughs> we just tested it a second ago. <laughs> typical, typical. He started uh, recording, and that digital was tech issues. Could could be. Maybe it's not outputting. We'll find out in a second. Oh, Can't hear. Yeah. <laughs> this is test. Yep, that's fine. We'll take another 30 seconds while... Oh, oh, the microphone is physically out of his headphones. <laughs> that would be... That might be a problem. <laughs> Bluetooth. Yeah. Well, well, anyway. <laughs> elevator music. Yeah, yeah we, we can, can hear you. Yeah, yeah that's good. Helps. Yeah. So let's yeah. see if Is this... it recording? It is recording. I, I think my... Well, it doesn't really matter. I think I have two mics going, so that's that's the thing that I'm really upset about is the all those great jokes that I told uh, right uh -huh. at the top yeah. that you all we, missed, but we've lost the moment. We can just so. redo those at the end. Okay, yeah, okay. We'll just redo the moment has passed. Yeah. So, <laughs> but <laughs> I do want to say, Chordanica is too much for those quiet, <laughs> silent jokes. If we, if we're gonna if we're gonna dive right in, you know, I love most everything about 3E, but the thing that I disagree with was the shortening of the name. I, I think I told you guys earlier that <laughs> I would have gone the other way. It should be the <laughs> astonishing tales of Hyperborean swordsmen and sorcerers and the eerie oh. subplots <laughs> of Lemur, you know, something yeah. <laughs> a little more, more elaborate for me because it distinguishes it from others. It does. But it's that's just me. They have all of this fantastic <laughs> yeah, new uh, artwork, but what we really needed on the cover was actually just a title. Uh, all, all of the words. script letters. <laughs> with, with that awesome new script, by the way, and that, that fantastic T-shirt. Uh, but yes, just title. Yeah, the metal T-shirt is in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, the re you know, I think before we talked about the rebranding, you know, it, we haven't done one of these in a long time. And I know we're all remote. And so that's just is what it is. But I, because I'm in the shed as usual, uh, in the shed 2.0, I will be rolling a wandering whiskey encounter for myself using my Hyperborea dice. So oh. It's been a while. I haven't rolled on my D20 chart. 
If anybody happens to have a McCullen 12-year double cask on you, feel free Ooh. to uh, partake of that because that's what I rolled on the chart today. I'll be right back. Uh, so I'll be getting that. Uh, but yeah, yeah. J- Jimmy, looks like you got something there, something there in a cup. What do you? Uh, what did you roll today? And by roll, I mean just probably poor. But maybe you did roll. Maybe you had three choices. And uh, no, so I've got D3. Shackleton over here. <laughs> I love Shackleton. It's oh, good choice. We were just talking about the that. Best value, Scott. Very good. Uh, please sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, Shackleton. <laughs> for, for like thirty-four bucks, it's it's so so good. I really enjoy Shackleton. Zach, I was. Wiley, like, you drinking? You drinking something over yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. I probably yeah. subconsciously uh, remembered the podcast episode. I think it was where you were saying that Log Sixteen is your favorite. So I grabbed some. Uh, that some is Log true. Sixteen. Yeah. For that. It's a big old I natural guess. twenty, right? Like Log Sixteen was the natural yeah. twenty for. Uh, many years, if I recall correctly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nice. we had a Talisker in the 20 spot. We had a Lack of actually was in the, it was the 18 oh, spot. Oh, okay, okay. I knew it, it was the 18 hey. spot for quite some time. Yeah. What do you got? It, oh, it's geez. a big deal. This is a big deal, so. He rolled a 30, uh, he rolled a 30 on the chart. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, ro- I'm breaking out the Johnny Walker blue. Okay, so. okay. Johnny Walker blue label. Man. I never had the blue. I had the blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's PD, hey, PD Smokey, like your uh, mm. like Lagavulin, man. Oh, nice. PD. It's a good choice. So yeah, so it's John. Yeah, you know, it's gonna step it up for third edition. You know, gotta gotta bring out the big guns here. <laughs> little podcast episode, little uh, little whiskey, little nights. Uh, but oh yeah, you know, it's funny talking about the branding. What um, what do you guys? I mean, I mean, I think honestly, probably the Hyperborea rebranding is just a good political move you know i think it's an easier thing i think a lot of people at the conventions at least you know i know we always said assh um just because i kind of grew up with that grew up with that last since like 2014 or whatever but uh you know hyperborea is good i mean i, I, I love, used at conventions love, that's kind of what love, it was branded as uh, it's great this, this yeah. name partially because i think it centers what i think is one of the strongest parts of the game system which is the setting um i have played mm-hmm. uh, a number of hyperborea games over the years but I've used the Hyperborea setting with other um, uh, with other rule systems. You know, I'm uh, running a fifth edition game right now in Hyperborea uh, because I think just the oh. the setting that uh, these guys have crafted has a lot to offer. Um, has a lot to offer genre wise uh, when you you can do traditional dungeon crawls, but they're actually in Yithian spaceships. And suddenly your uh, uh, your player group is like, wait, is this a sci-fi setting? I thought we were in high fantasy. Like, it it works very very well, yes. and I think <laughs> uh, you know, kudos to them. And 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 centering that aspect of the game system, I think is is a real plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and, and again, cover our you know, we're, we're obviously looking at the uh, PDFs today because I know it's obviously like lots of other things in COVID, the physical book production has been delayed with some printing issues, et cetera, which is totally fine. No big deal. But uh, we're in for the long haul. No big deal. I, yeah. Um, I just want to jump in just just to get back to the Hyperborea uh, title change. Love it. Love it. Uh, as the old man of the group, I, I, uh, I'm a little delayed because I had to bring out my... Uh, Elric of Meldebone, oh. <laughs> original <laughs> original edition from uh, <laughs> from night from the nineteen eighties, um, which is listed as one of the inspirations, along with the the Conan Ooh. the Barbarian. This really brings me back to my uh, to 
to the awesome. roots of why I got involved with fantasy role playing, reading these books when I was in middle school and, and just mm -hmm. uh, running around with padded f foam swords and whacking my friends and <laughs> 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 the whole whole nine yards. The setting is uh, <laughs> no, I really just just love it. So, yeah. Well, I, awesome. I suspect in, in many ways I might be playing the role of the naysayer on this cast. I feel like you guys are all like, oh, the ASSH is so amazing. These changes are all great. But no, I don't I don't feel that way. I feel oh, like okay. I, I actually agree with John. I, I think that Astonishing Swordsman and Sorcerers of Hyperborea was a real conversation starter. And every time I would tell people what this thing was I was really into, they would latch right on. And the only thing I would say, Hyperborea is, I think, better than ASSH. But I would also say that they could have gone in the other direction, as we were saying earlier. And an extremely long name could have been just... It, it, it's like, from a marketing perspective, right? Because it's a name. What's it good for? It's good for like capturing people's imagination, capturing people's attention. They could have gone longer, could have gone more adjectives. And uh, I, I think the, the more the merrier in the, uh, in the adjectival sense. Well, before we get to the nitty-gritty of some of the things we're doing, I think everybody's got a glass in hand, I think, for the first time in a while. Uh, well, actually, we, we do play, like, every week here, so <laughs> to play other games, but Several times. it's a little late in the recordings, let's, let's but for in the spirit of the podcast, spirit of third edition, playing Hyperborea, uh, we knew the first in 2022, the first actual recording in 2022. Uh, let's go into it with a little fire. Blood. Blood. And steel. And steel. stuff of heroes. The stuff of stuff heroes. Of Little skull for James Upton is not here. At the yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, and just logistically, so today, again, like I was saying before, we are comparing the PDFs. Uh, they've been released, and actually, uh, Jeff Telani and the crew sort of offered up a big, like, editing period, and people were able to post any typos or word choices or graphic comments back. And he actually did a first pass and re updated a bunch of stuff and re released them again. So this is like the second, the second edition of the third edition PDFs that we have aired that we're looking at today. Um, and I will be comparing this to the complete, uh, which is the the second edition, big, huge tome that was amazing. Um, uh, a real a door stopper. Table book. A real door stopper. Big stop. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, uh, they're um, going to be talking but... about Hyperborea 3.5. It's going to have like all yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> we really had to change how haste um, worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, speaking of that, I'll go into the how the haste spells change later. This is a little little uh, teaser, a little foreshadowing. I mean, the the old edition um, book was just gorgeous, and I can't wait to get my hands on the new, uh, the new actual physical yeah, copies. Absolutely, I, I'm. Yeah. You know, leather coming. I guess you've got the leather sets or whatever. Uh, oh like my all goodness! The, uh, yeah. the ones for the players, the ones for the the referees in the group mm -hmm. here, which all of us are doing that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you guys. I got the kitchen sink where like I didn't even oh, really yeah. like, thoroughly look through what it included, but I was like, yes, that one. That's definitely the <laughs> snap, one. Right. Snap, snap, <laughs> buy, take away. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So we are com literally comparing. I I don't think you know. I know. So second edition did re-release the player's manual separately with like, sort of the first three volumes, which is you know player uh, character creation. Uh, you know, classes, combat, uh, spells, sorcery, things like that. But I, I don't think there was really any substantive changes between the complete and the uh, player's handbook that I'm aware of. There could be some little things here or there, maybe grammatically, but either way, I'm, we're being comparing the... Most most of us, I believe, compared the PDFs of the two or the hard copy with the uh, new PDFs. 
So we are, yeah, super, I don't know, I'm pumped. Yeah, so I guess, you know, um, we, we kind of did start talking about the branding. But yeah, and I think Jimmy mentioned the new art. I mean, obviously, there's a huge amount of art <laughs> revamp in the books, which is awesome. There's still art from the first edition, which is the, the sort of Ian Bagley sketches, these charcoal drawings that really, I think for me, you know, got me in the mood of the setting and the, the world from day one, just in the original uh, box set and the two, you know, that had the player's manual and the referee's manual separate volumes. Then they kind of combined it in second edition, going back to the two volumes, I think is great. Again, just for, you know, if someone, you know, intro level just wants to, you know, uh, you know, spend money on a player's manual, that's great. They don't have to buy the full thing if they don't want necessarily want to. Um, but yeah, the, the art, I mean, any, any, did you guys have like a favorite art piece after going through that might be new? I don't know. Did you notice? I mean, just little, little details all over the place. I mean, I think. It, uh, I don't think it can be undersold how, uh, well the character artwork works like right before you get into the character mm -hmm. classes i am envious of all those early backers that were able to get like specific uh pieces of, of oh, character yeah. art yeah. because a lot of them are just mm -hmm. great i mean i love uh the different styles the diversity of the the characters and looks um I love the even just the the diversity of the overall kit for uh, different character classes. The druid with the trident, or um, the uh, uh, let's see, uh, oh, you know, other wep uh, other classes with with different weapons and and different even just general outfits. Just the visual portrayance, the visual portrayance yeah. of them using maybe atypical weapons than you may have seen in, yeah, in the past. I, yeah. uh, I think my my personal favorite of pretty the, interesting. the character yeah. class artwork is the Huntsman. I think the Huntsman is extremely cool, and uh, we'll get into some of the other like fun class changes to classes like the Huntsman later. But yeah, a, a lot of it just really really works for me. Even simple ones like like the bard mm -hmm. with just the uh, the wavy hair and the overall look of the the bard character I think is very fun. I'll tell you what I think is actually for me personally the most important part about the new art, and it's very closely related to what Jimmy just said, which is the diversity. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't think that Hyperborea or ASSH has ever been associated with like um like racism or like neo-nazism but like hyperborean imagery uh is right that's like a thing that is out there uh mm -hmm. and so for me like making clear that like non-european peoples are also a part of this world uh is just like a big deal uh because like it was something that I was always like aware of in the back of my mind, and like in the game that I run, it was like conscious about uh, you know, countering. Uh, but now the fact that it's just like part of the rule book, part of the world, uh, even though they are like you know minority classes, and they're still like eight men, and they're still and they're still like the muat have like you know like a limited vocabulary. Like it, it, it's <laughs> it's still I think problematic from my point of view. Uh, but nonetheless, I think like, you know, progress, grateful for what there is. I have to echo what James said. The, the one issue I ever had with Hyperborea was that I didn't necessarily see myself in it. And I do now. And that's meaningful to me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's important. You know, it's interesting. Like, uh, you know, I was just, I was just on, just on this topic, you know, the, the, the game, also the text really has gone, 
you know, n- not to say that it sort of sterilized the text, but, you know, they've removed a lot of gender pronoun issues in the third edition book. If you kind of go through, you know, it's not even just in the referee's book for the monsters, right? You don't have like man bandit, you know, you have human bandit, you know, there's simple things like that that are kind of echoed throughout, you know, this is the casters, uh, you know, uh, the save instead of you know his or her save. I mean you know I mean I think it was very well. It was pretty pretty good before, but really really it's kind of gone through holistically. And I think in a lot of the text, uh, you know, just I, I think honestly just adapted it to sort of just modern times. I mean it's great. I mean I think it just makes it even that more accessible to a wider variety of people, which is great. You know I think it's a and yeah like I, like I think uh, James was saying too. The character art is so much is so much more diverse now in the styles and just very like every single class and race combo depicted is just extremely unique you know there n- nothing really looks the same it's just you know it's all over the place it's really and they just i think again all very visceral sort of imagery you know there's always like something creeping in the background or you know something being called forth or sneaking and it's just it's really cool so i think it's, they, they did a great job you know i love the uh um the little like sidebar things at the beginning of the sections you know i, th- I think those are by del tegler i think who does a lot of the art for the system and the modules and um, but yeah, again, but like a lot of the original artwork is still in here, which is great. And I think he's been able to reuse. And again, so sometimes it gets a little smaller, like because just to add room for more things, you know, but he's still like, he's been able to keep a lot of um, art throughout the, the documents. But yeah, it's really cool. I think it's a great, great style, still visceral, still evocative of the setting and the, the sort of pulp genre game that this is. So I feel like I need to say one more thing about the art too. Yeah. Non-political. Um, <laughs> I feel like... Uh, so I have a friend, uh, Leland, who is Vickerness in a game that we used to play, yeah. who like strongly disliked the art for Hyperborea. Uh, I just thought it was like bad. And I, and <laughs> I, I couldn't disagree more uh, because I really think that in the way that it is like sketch based and not mm-hmm. like compute like cgi or high high fantasy yeah like a lot of like video game or anime stuff yes it has it has it's that's the style of this game is like that's what they're going for but 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 that artistic style leaves so much space for the players and for the game master to have Mm. their own imagination of the way that things actually look Whereas, mm-hmm. like, when it's perfectly rendered, like, Photoshop finished, like, it kind of takes... Forgotten it Realms, it's like, book cover. Yeah, it's yeah. like watching yeah. Harry Potter after you read the books. You, like, can't remember what the characters that you used to imagine uh, you know, looked like after you see them, you know, acted out on screen. Like, it takes that from you. And mm-hmm. here, I, I think it's just, like, the perfect touch. I wish that all role-playing games had this, just, like, you know... The more sketch kind of... Yeah, clearly yeah. created by a person with a sketch, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the, uh, you know, it's funny, I, I was actually, I, I thought about, I had a fleeting thought about that as I was looking between the two. Like, there used to be these, like, full-color, uh, like, uh, I don't know, full-color bleed images at the beginning of each chapter, like in the complete book. And they kind of took that away. Like, this thing is all black and white. Now that I'm looking through here, mm. like, the whole thing except the covers are black and white. And there's some cool, like, character portraits at the end of the PDF. I don't, yeah. I assume those might be in the in the player's handbook. Like, the last, like, you know, six, seven, eight pages has some cool color renditions which have appeared in some of the modules and they've kind of colorized some of the uh uh you know the, the pcs that are at the front some of these mullen portraits and there's some new stuff here too that was added for third edition but it's just interesting yeah like the main bulk of the book is back to black and white and that's just i find that interesting i wonder if those pdfs are going to be in the uh 
uh, excuse me, those last color pages are going to be in the hard copy book. I don't know. Well, I mean, uh, you know, obviously Jeff created the game um, out of his love for uh, the original Dungeons and Dragons and, uh, his, and you know, talked to Gary Gy- Gygax about that. And that the, the art just brings it all back to me. It brings my original AD&D manuals back to me. It it yeah. it brings the experience of copying the drawings, which I definitely did, <laughs> into my notebooks yeah. and onto my uh, onto my bind three wing binders and the <laughs> and the whole thing. So um, yeah, I, I I'm a big fan of the art. It, 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 throughout yeah. the books. Oh, so. sorry, last last art piece. And speaking of first edition, one thing I loved about the first edition AD&D manual was all the, there was a, a drawing of every single possible weapon that you can play with. That was missing from some of the, I think the previous didn't have as much of that. I, I'm, I love all of the of brand new weapon, and I will probably get to it later, but like every single possible sketch of a tribal spear, long spear, you know, yeah. different size, two-handed scimitar, like there's so many like that's what you want. You're like, what is a, a tonfa? What is a boa? You know, if the people people don't know these uh, these weapons, you have a great visual. And again, sketch style looks. They all look awesome. I mean, I, I want yeah, I want to use like every single one of these weapons. Like they're amazing. Like every single one, <laughs> even like a standard you know mace or whatever, just looks different. There's a couple different styles of you know just yeah. some of the, that stuff is. Uh, I forgot to. I was thinking about that earlier. Um, but I do. I it would be, I'd be remiss if I did not mention the amazing weapon artwork in this in this edition. Um, but yeah, artwork. So that that's great. Uh, speaking of um, other cool, just general overall layout things for the book, I'll just kind of mention. You know, it's a similar formatting. By the way, if you like bookmarked PDFs, the PDFs function very well. There's a few differences, but I think that nothing that's different between the complete. You know, I, I think like uh, bookmarking the spells from like A to D instead of every single individual spell in the complete bookmark is interesting. Uh, oh, geez, why has got more Shackleton coming? Oh. Already through the log of Volan. Man, that was only like the first topic. First half topic. Jeez. Um, but yeah, I think the, uh, the, the, you know, there's also indexes now, you know, in, in the back, which is good. I think with the physical copy, that's going to be great. Uh, I, haven't, I didn't use it too much searching through the PDF because the bookmarks are fantastic. The index is a big deal. And, uh, yeah. you know, that, that's not just coming from me. That was a common complaint. Of, 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 mm-hmm. In fact, that was... In a lot of reviews, that was the only complaint <laughs> that people had. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> the, the player's thing. handbook. I yeah. think the player's... Oh, that's right. That was the other thing. The player's player. handbook, I think, added the index, right? So that was the nice thing about the, the separate player's handbook for a second edition is that it did add that. But anyway, yeah. Great, great features. Great organization. Uh, you know, layout changes, like some of the graphics. You know, like the table formatting has, like, shaded rows so I know, like, if you're a big Excel user or something, like, that's that's nice. You don't you not have this, like, you know, just all white and gridded system. So that's easier to read. I think, like, some of the – we're not going to talk about it too much today, but the we might say the referee manual stuff for later in case someone wants to not uh, overlap the episodes. But, again, like, from a referee, the monster formatting for, like, stat blocks is organized actually much like the modules, which I find very helpful because of how – I know if, if anybody has run the modules playing Hyperborea, they're just, again, they're graphically great – Great content. Get all of those, by the way. Just go ahead and buy all those, uh, but don't read them because your players or your referees going to want to run them for you. Um, but the but like the, the way the stat blocks are organized worked really well. The modules like running those, um, and then they've kind of uh, 
uh, in the third edition referees manual, they've kind of went back to that instead of a lot of the white and black tables. So just little little different updates there. But again, I think the legibility of information is great in the spell section. There's like tables and there it's actually a better thing to have some of the spell results or like if you're summoning monster you have a table and it's a little easier now than having that embedded within the text narrative with like some bolded text so again i think the, the legibility the layout's great i think that even just alone is a great way to you know not really upgrade it's just i, I think it's a good 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 design choice in the formatting of to make it more usable just quicker on the fly for you know the referees out there i think, I think it's great players uh coming into making new characters in third edition are going to really enjoy those types of formatting changes that you're talking about zach because that certainly applies to uh the class layouts um it is a lot easier to like look at a, a given class and holistically see all of the abilities in big bold letters with descriptions of those abilities underneath as opposed to yes. the way it was in second edition in the big complete book where it was kind of a, a long embedded narrative with kind of italicized names for things um it's it is yeah. a a very nice format change and then you know they've got like all this additional stuff formatting wise that are within each class like a starting pack uh, a combat matrix for level one it yep. it works great and, mm -hmm. and i think the overall design uh should be commended 100 yeah yeah all right so getting, getting through some of the logistical overall items i know getting into the nitty-gritty nitty stuff you know i think i think today in general we're not going to be like super like super in-depth of all the changes even though i've written out every single possible change that i could find in my little homework sections uh, so we might post uh we might be organizing these into some show notes um, with sort of a, doc, a Google Doc kind of thing that has a lot of these actual line-by-line -line changes, if you're interested. So I do think we'll probably post that at some point, uh, if we can reformat. It's kind of a, a mess right now in my uh, my document, at least. Um, but I think uh, the only... Yeah, Jimmy, I can't remember if you... Did you go through the ability score or the abilities section as well as the classes? Because I did have like one or just two comments on that ability the, section. The biggest thing I noticed uh, was kind of the, up, um, up, the addition to Constitution where... Your poison adjustment now also helps with uh, saving throws dealing with radiation, which is a very fun, specific yep. thing to Hyperborea that yep. you might run into this particular damage type <laughs> or this particular <laughs> adverse effect. So yep. um, making it more explicit, and I think it's it's it makes mm -hmm. great sense that your constitution score could also help you uh, deal with radiation as much as it can help you deal with poison. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 was the one. Uh, one of two points I wanted to just throw out. What there was the, the other one section. that you found? And I think that would be the. Sure. Yeah. But before I, just the only thing on the radiation, just as a heads up, I don't. I don't think there's any plans to update like the referees screen as a as a physical document or like an update anytime soon. I could be wrong about that. But maybe there'd be a PDF update, um, if you're one to like print that. But that's the only thing I think would change on the DM screen. By the way, if if uh, anybody's looked at those in the past, that that one section with the Constitution save now affecting your poison and your um radiation like jimmy was saying yeah just heads up there that, that's really the only thing that would be different i think on any of the uh screens um or maybe a couple couple of weapon additions which we yeah we'll get into a little bit later um but the only other thing i want to mention about the ability section is previously um the only thing that was noted there on the little like this this game has this little extra plus eight percent for a lot of uh you know ca character classes for like strength constitution dexterity depending on your class uh, those um, that used to be embedded within the ability score section of the manual. 
So when I know when I was first reading through, I was like, oh no, they, they got rid of these eight plus eight percent ability score things because that was like just in the dexterity description. And then it's like, oh, by the way, berserkers or, you know, uh, scouts or thieves, you know, get plus eight percent to their extraordinary feats of dexterity. And so that plus eight percent now is actually much more easily findable uh, in the character classes, which I think we'll segue into now. They actually specifically note that in uh, the character class section. But I know if you're just reading for the first time, don't worry. If you're ho hoping for that extra plus eight percent in your extraordinary feats for your specific class, it's still there. And uh, yeah, segue to Jimmy. So J so Jimmy's going to talk about our some character class updates that are. I think cool. one of the most interesting changes uh, that is holistic affects every single class and this kind of appears as well in the ability score section in charisma uh, there's always been uh, a concept in hyperborea of enlisting and recruiting henchmen uh, and the way that this has been historically talked about in first and second edition is you know it's it's a thing that you discuss with uh, your game master and maybe you you recruit this uh, you know random scout to help you and now they're one of your henchmen, and how many henchmen you have is associated with your charisma. They've uh, at least added a more specific ruling on this front, where now when every class hits level 6, they have an enlist henchman ability. It's a bonus. And, you know, it's made explicit in terms of the overall benefits of enlisting henchmen, that these are uh, individuals that are a class in, in and of themselves. So, you know, you're not recruiting a like just a level one peasant that can wield a sword. You're recruiting peasant, yeah. like a level uh, one illusionist or or something like that. And and so making that kind of very explicit, giving uh, uh, further guidance on, on overall rulings. Of course, you know, in, in our games, and I'm sure in, in all of your games, you will still find... Uh, the types of narrative reasons for your players to have henchmen at their disposal. Uh, but having this this extra bit of uh, rules guidance and, and flavor, I think, is very interesting. Like this actual real benefit that every character class gets when they hit level six is really neat because, in fact, many classes didn't really get anything when they hit level six. So it, it fits nicely in uh, making you feel like you actually nice. gained something at certain level ups. Mm -hmm. Nice. And uh, Jimmy, I would say for, because uh, Jimmy plays a, uh, a Berserker in, uh, in the game that I run, that the Enlist Henchman ability for the Berserker in particular has a footnote now attached to it that says that it's not unusual for a Berserker's henchman to be on the wrong side of a Berserker's rage gone uncontrollable. So for me, that's like a very flavorful addition. Just like, you know, the, the person like being pummeled, you know, and just like, you know, ah, that genius idea. And, and to me, like, it, can be, it can be taken both ways. It can be taken like one, like maybe the Berserker has a henchman to like catch his rage. But I think it could also be read as like, maybe sometimes the person who the Berserker goes ballistic on, like agrees to serve the Berserker like for life in exchange for like the berserker not killing him and uh and, and like, so, like that's how you get the henchman like berserkers are usually not that charismatic maybe 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 some maybe some but but more likely maybe if a berserker is going to recruit a henchman at level six maybe it's because someone's pleading for his life uh because of an uncontrollable rage that is an amazing narrative reason to to get that henchman um you know one thing I think that's that's very cool in third edition here is a lot of the classes have gotten just small extra abilities. You know, 
nothing uh, particularly dramatic from a mechanical perspective, but uh, man, am I uh, excited to pick up one of these classes and use this ability. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, the Cataphract now, you know, this traditional class that gains all of these benefits from uh, horse-mounted combat, now has the Shield Sacrifice ability. Once per day, uh, they can basically uh, throw themselves and a shield uh, in front of an incoming attack. And while regular shields are broken and magical shields have a chance of breaking, they basically negate all damage. Uh, it's just this this very flavorful ability about the Cataphract uh, serving as a bastion to the party there are other examples of this i uh i love the harvest venom ability that a number of classes have gotten including huntsmen uh shamans and assassins for actually extracting venom from uh enemies that that are venomous uh there's uh a very fun ability that illusionists have gotten now called Vizard, which is like a uh a variant on disguise self it's a kind of more powerful version of disguise self that only other illusionists can see through uh, on top of the fact that illusionists now have uh colored globe which is a, a similar ability to candle uh that uh, pyromancers have and and cryomancers have you know just a a small uh i believe it's like once per day or maybe a couple times per day like give 15 feet of of light so you know uh giving those those uh uh, magician-like classes, you know, easy ways to to generate torches uh, and help with dungeon delving. Um, mm-hmm. Though of of all the magicians, the I think the rework that has me most excited is uh, part of the witch rework. Um, there is uh, some interesting changes to potion brewing. Uh, chief among them that it's now called decoction brewing. Um, from the word decoction yeah. <laughs> or basically like when you boil something to like actually extract components from it. Uh, it mm-hmm. used to be that witches were uh, kind of, they, they could only make things like soporifics, uh, paralytics or hallucinogens. And now uh, they, oh. their toolkit has doubled in size. Uh, they've got mm-hmm. these nauseating decoctions, which, uh, even have a chance of actually outright killing uh, uh, an enemy uh, that's uh, imbibed this decoction. They've got what are called opagogens, uh, which uh, can cause blindness. Uh, an explicit now uh, uh, filtries, um, which are basically love potions. And uh, mm-hmm. very, very cool, uh, witches now can explicitly brew the ingestible poisons. Uh, the ingestible poison power increases with level, uh, and uh, you know you you've got you've got some interesting tools in your toolkit now when you're a witch. Further, mm. uh, potentially even cooler in my opinion is the actual uh, changes to the witch's familiar. There's now a a whole uh, collection of spells that can be cast through the witch's familiar. Uh, these are spells mm. like detect magic, detect invisibility. Uh, locate object um, you know you you've really expanded the way that a witch can can use their familiar and scout about and, and try to get like the the lay of the land in terms of what might be going on in a particular environment it's it's very very cool because witches always had 
uh, unlimited range on their familiar. That was that was a strength of the witch's familiar, a unique ability of it. Now, not only do you have that unlimited range, you've got things you can do through the familiar that I think are, are really going to open up the player's uh, toolkit for different mm. ways they can engage with puzzles and, you know, dynamic environments that, that uh, the Game Master has created for them. I would not have realized that, Jimmy. That's extremely cool. I'm very excited to play a witch now. Thank you. I did not, I had not noticed either of those changes, but that, that's And huge. I think I have to interject with some of the spell changes now for witches because I think it's it's going to keep amping this up even more. So yeah, now yeah. they can they've actually added a feather fall to their first level spell list. So they did actually didn't have that before, which is cool. Uh, their spell, the sort of like a damaging thing is called Witchfire. Used to be a third level spell, now it's a second level spell, so they get a little earlier in their kind of class progression. There's also three new spells, which I'll, I'll just I'll just a little foreshadow now. There's something called Inner Eye. Uh, there's also a Summon Toad Swarm, which is ridiculously catastrophic. We'll talk about later. And uh, there's thing called Life Globe, which is also something cool that they share with uh, some druid magic, which is pretty interesting. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, but just again, really some cool new spells in there uh, geared around witches. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think I thought I always thought they were pretty cool. But yeah, they definitely got witches some, uh, were upgrades, always uh, unique, and, cool. and in that regard, they're mm -hmm. they're a great they were a great class to sink your teeth into. I think expanding the toolkit this way is just it's a really great design decision uh, because now you I think if you pick up a, a a witch, the options you have to engage very differently with your game master's game uh, with the world than you do as like a magician or a pyromancer uh it's it's night and day um mm -hmm. the the ability yeah. to cast things through your familiar the That's uh huge. the yeah. significant diversity in in your decoction brewing uh, that's fun yeah. um really fun yeah Role play away, which is out there. <laughs> Role and, play away. And I, and I would flag as well, just for uh, new uh, players, type of warrior, that uh, who might be uncomfortable playing a female gender character for whatever reason. Uh, there's also a male version of a witch, which is a wizard. Uh, all the same abilities, just uh, you know, making it like a, mm -hmm. another gender option for that character class. No, very good point. Yeah. The uh, the the other you know there's there's a, there's a couple of changes throughout that I'm very curious like you know with the new spells and things like that how that's really going to broaden uh, what players can do because like another example is um, you know the warlocks and legerminists these hybrid fighter magician thief magician classes they now gain a new spell every level now they they just know that spell they don't have extra uh, casts mm -hmm. the casting spell progression the number of spells you could memorize per day that progression has stayed the same but it used to be uh, in previous editions warlocks and legerminists would gain a new spell on the first level the third level the fifth level the seventh level etc like only every other level uh, with some exceptions at very high level uh, for for those of you that that play all the way to level 12 um, but you know <laughs> now mysterious uh, now you gain a new spell at, at level two and level four you know etc you're gonna feel very different at low levels as a warlock and a legerminist because you cool. you've just you've got more spells in your spell book and you know if you're lucky enough to have higher intelligence as a, 
a warlock of legerminus you're not limited anymore in the like well i guess i'll pre prep two casts of magic missile now you've got you know your magic yeah. missile cast and then whatever other uh spell you learned at level two that you know completely broadened uh what you could do in a given day uh and that's very cool um i mean the the you know w w one of the big things about hyperborea and and um jeff's system is it it, it harkens back to the older uh uh 1e style where it's really much more about resource management and uh 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 Mark, you know, you're really kind of up against it. You don't, you can't just do anything at any time, which, um, I mean, I think distinguishes it from some other, well, let's just say it 5e or Pathfinder. Um, it, it, it has a very different feel. Uh, however, it, it may have erred a little bit too much on, well, there's really not that much you can do. And I think Jeff is, <laughs> is, has, you know, made a nice balance between, you know, giving you options so that you have things that you can do. You have an expanded toolkit that you can use, but you're still not just able to do anything at any time. And, no and it's way. a really nice, <laughs> it's a really nice balance. So yeah, you can still uh, death save on the uh, green slime. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Jimmy, yeah, I, you know, it's funny. You, you kind of mentioned with the cross class and thinking about mage spells and overlapping things you know you forget like there's by the way there's still 26 classes in this game by default but each of those like warlock or legitimanus as you mentioned oh by the way they could be a you know like fighter magician it could be a fighter cryomancer it could be a fighter you know uh uh pyromancer warlock you know this necromancer these death death soldiers and stuff i mean there's so many cool uh there's so much flexibility in the classes i mean you can really play whatever your heart desires in this sort of, you know, mixed fantasy, such a flavorful setting now. And I think, yeah, any, anything with a, a magic class of any any type, I think has just gotten a little little boost kind of throughout. I mean, well, again, I'll just, just hint later, Illusionist, you know, Jimmy mentioned some of the cool globe things and, you know, they've got some more spells we'll talk about later. And Necromancers, I think, got a little buff across the board. So if, even if you're doing like a cross class with some of these things, they're they're pretty solid. It's pretty, pretty fun. The, uh, you know, and... and uh, other other small things that I feel like have really kind of expanded the the role playing possibilities. I don't know if y'all saw, but there's for the priest class. So there's always been this optional rule since second edition about your specialized faith. Um, now the most obvious change for the specialized faith is that now you get your second bonus at level nine instead of level twelve. Great. But the other Huge. thing that is very <laughs> cool is there are four new specialized faiths for Buetsu, uh, Krimmer, mm -hmm. Ulrir, and Immer. Uh, and all four mm. of these specialized mm -hmm. faiths also present unique opportunities for the priest. I mean, I kind of want to make a priest of Ulrir. Like, uh, you start level one. <laughs> Normally, priests are very, very, very squishy. Um, you know, they get their extra spells. But man, they have a lot of spells. Uh, you have so, so many. You have spells, a lot more though. spells, Love but <laughs> you you compensate with uh, you know you're the D four hit die. Uh, you can't wear any armor. Yep. Uh, it it's it's rough out there if you take a hit. But hmm. if you're a priest of Ulrir, you have proficiency in all types of shields. Uh, so now all of a sudden, oh, that's cool. you're a that. priest nice. that can cool. uh, wield a large shield, and that's a whole additional plus two to your AC on top of your dex bonus. 
that is gonna really increase the survivability of a priest and and make for you know a potentially more dynamic way to engage with combat where your your ally in melee has gone down and yeah maybe you run in and uh and do <laughs> cure wounds to revive them uh range touch uh i don't think a uh you know a regular old priest would do this uh be very 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 risky but <laughs> if your ac is a lot higher because you're a priest of Ulrir, you know you can you can make those tactical decisions and that's pretty neat now how does that work in practice because like a small shield can be worn on the forearm while like firing a bow so i imagine like a small shield would also work while spell casting but if you wanted to have a large shield and be a spellcaster, does that work? So remember that uh, the cleric classes, the principal way that they cast spells is verbally as opposed to with somatic yep. components. So uh, clerics themselves already have built in that, you know, oh, their their shield does not impede their spellcasting ability. Um, so, cool. you know, now you're, you're a priest with a... You can't wear fancy armor like a cleric, but you got a little bit of extra AC. Very cool. I just imagine that. I just imagine that that uh, priest of Ulrir running like oh, advanced combat maneuver, shield bash, running in <laughs> like bashing somebody off. Maybe maybe go the high instead of the high dex build, you go the high strength priest who can like shield bash someone or bull rush somebody. I will out of the say way. this was an instance where. <laughs> Uh, while I wasn't opposed to getting rid of the two-handed shield just because it wasn't always clear to me what the utility <laughs> of the two-handed shield was, this might have been an instance we'll where uh, it would yes, have been kind of neat if a priest of Ulrir just like <laughs> was just running around with a yes. two-handed shield, like casting spells. Thank you. R.I.P. two-handed oh, shield. Man. Hey, you can get three plus combatants with large... Oh, yeah, the shield wall, advanced combat maneuver. We'll, maybe we'll talk about that more later, too, but... Take away also, genes, on, on, that, on that particular point, the uh, the priest of Azathoth um, now has a plus four save versus mind affecting sorcery, as opposed to a plus two save in the oh. uh, in, in, in the two eight. Uh, oh, which, as somebody who recently built the priest of Azathoth, I thought that was really sweet. Level like you know, level one, just like you're already so freaking crazy <laughs> just like you like you, you can't you can't perturb this mind any further it's already so consumed by chaos that there's just there's, there's no there's no further shaking up this mixture speaking of that that character class that somebody just created that might be a pre-gen at an upcoming uh, convention in a couple of weeks we'll see if that makes yeah. the table i think uh, the um yeah you know the the last big thing that we should absolutely talk about in the class reworks, because this was a thing that was that was advertised and discussed, uh, and it really uh, is something that everybody should know uh, about 3E, is the monk has been reworked. Um, mm -hmm. The damage and fighting ability are different, uh, and the biggest thing is in, in first and second edition, uh, monks had some pretty high stat requirements if you really wanted to do, you know, the, the fancy things that you imagine a monk can do. Like, I've got two fists, I should punch with both fists. Well, unless you had high enough mm -hmm. dexterity to do two-weapon fighting, that wasn't actually an option. Now, Not super um, great. they've yeah. made it explicit. The empty hand ability uh, allows for two over one attack rate. Uh, doesn't require two weapon fighting. So if if you're if you wanting to play a monk, 
you roll nine dexterity, you're fine. Like, dive right in. Um, in fact, speaking of stats, uh, they have also significantly streamlined the monk, where all of the, the stat benefits that you can imagine, high strength, high dexterity, they now stack with everything that's in the monk toolkit. Before, uh, you might have had to be like, wait, hold on, which status... Which benefit is higher? Which one do I actually... No, no, no. Like, all of that confusion is gone. If you're a monk with high AC, you always have that AC benefit... Or, sorry, if you're a monk with high dexterity, you always have that AC benefit. You're a monk with high strength, you always have that damage uh, uh, increase. Um, it, it's, a, it's a really uh, fun, like, kind of reworking of the monk that still makes all of these things uh, that you imagine the monk can do possible and you're not doing any complicated math uh, having to like fiddle with your character sheet as you level up the bonuses that you have at level one will be the bonuses you have at level 12 assuming you don't find any crazy yeah, magic that's a good items. point yeah. uh, but you should you might well you know <laughs> none, none of those laying around <laughs> um, some other fun things uh, the stunning strike ability uh, is now only on natural 20s but at high levels, you also can stun size large creatures. They've got a bonus to being stunned, but um, <laughs> that's a pretty cool uh, power-up that now monks, with their expert precision mm. in hitting uh, the pressure points of a large creature, they can also stun them. To me, that conjures an image of just like poking a cyclops in the <laughs> yeah. eye. Oh, you know. Like, it'll yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> um, the... Uh, uh, other uh, other small things like uh, at fifth level when your fists become magical, uh, you also get an additional bonus to hit. So you you f you know you hit level five. Not only are your fists magical, uh, but you know you're it's a little bit easier to hit, and your damage is different now too. Uh, they mm -hmm. took away this uh, like extra damage increment that scaled with level. They they said all right, you start at one d four. And you go up to 4d4 damage by uh, level 12. And then the fighting ability scales linearly as well. Uh, but it starts at fighting ability 0. So um, that's kind of how it's balanced at low levels. Where uh, you're not going to be hitting as much as uh, any of the fighter subclasses. But you are going to scale pretty well at, at higher levels. And that monk is going to feel very useful next to uh, you know, a berserker or a barbarian or something like that. Uh, most of all... Very, very fun. Uh, it says explicitly, while you need two hands free, you need not use your hands in your uh, empty hand attacks. <laughs> so uh, go wild with those like jumping, uh, like flying knees or uh, throwing them elbows. Elbow drops. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, all of us role players out there kind of, you know, hand wave that one but uh yeah it's nice to uh see you know i think th that's a good point too there's so much more little flavor ads throughout which i think have been a fun little easter egg hunt for me like even, even like reading the spells there's funny little things it's like just just kind of throughout the whole book i think there's like you mentioned the berserker henchman you know class earlier just some of those little things are really fun i think fun fun, fun things to look for if, if you've like read through if you're that type of person who just reads through the whole thing i think you're gonna get a lot of enjoyment about a lot of this stuff too like some of the extraneous languages taken away or just you know reworded grammatically some things are different ordered to like make it just better usability you know like sometimes the important piece of information you need to know about whatever topic was kind of in the middle or maybe at the end and 
you really just re, re kind of I think really thought well about oh yeah if they're looking at this item they want to see that piece of information first and I think that's just throughout has made it a lot more uh, legible but the flavor is not to be undersold it is well worth just all the little little quips and things kind of throughout I found that really enjoyable too yeah kinda, I think the the degree to which uh, the game designers have taken care on the flavor front um, uh, deserves a lot of praise I mean from a from a uh, readability perspective and also just from a mechanical perspective like the introdu- introduction of the fell paladin uh as the lawful evil variant of the paladin you know that this is mm-hmm. mostly a reskin um uh some small changes like healing hands is replaced with uh sapping hands so that's kind of like a vampiric touch you can't heal your allies but you can heal yourself uh but yep. like <laughs> these are amazing uh flavor additions to the overall game system of like uh, giving the the player the realization that's like, oh wait, actually, I I have lots of fun stuff I could do with with any individual class. Definitely, definitely. If I could say uh, w- one thing, a couple things actually that are not there in the uh, in the new classes. Mm. Uh, I saw um, from someone DM Prada. That there was going to be a Psyomancer and a Gloom Haunter, both of which I thought were extremely cool as new character classes. I was really inspired by that, and I was like super excited to see them be part of the game. From a DM perspective, it doesn't really matter to me that they're not included in like the text of the three because like you know they're available. I can make them available to new players. Mm-hmm. So it's there. It's awesome. It inspired me so much, though, that uh, I actually put together my own character classes for some other schools of magic that are mentored, mentioned in the in their referees guide uh, mm-hmm. that are not actual playable character classes, which are the Hydromancer, the Geomancer, and the mm-hmm. Hepatomancer. Uh, the, the the referees guide says that um, you know when talking about the Ashen Worm. That the, mm-hmm. the sibyls of Hyperborea had long presaged the advent of the advent of the Ashen Worm through geomancy, hydromancy, and hepatomancy. So, like, as a as a as a DM, you're just like, what? What, what, are, what are these kinds of magic? Look those up, and yeah. very cool, right? Obviously, hydromancy, water, geomancy, earth, hepatomancy, like blood, blood. and intestines. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so very flavorful classes. Uh, might might share those at some point if anyone's interested. Mm. Uh, but but yeah, very very cool. And I wonder from like a game design perspective, whether there really is diminishing returns, but just like adding more classes. Because, like, Zach, you were saying, like, how many amazing options there are. There are a lot of amazing options compared to other other role-playing games. Hyperborea has a lot of really sweet classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, wh- where do you... Like, what's the drawback of, like, adding more? I guess it's, like, information overload for a new player. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I could say... You could say that that's a big topic. You know, and even, sure. like... I think one of the um, one of the random supplements, like the uh, the character sheet folder that came with like the Goldenrod character sheets, if anybody picked that up in one of the Kickstarters, that had a really cool little like very succinct abbreviated class description of the base classes and the subclasses that I thought was awesome. I was like, oh, that's really good because that helps. You know, if someone's like coming into it, just you're trying to come over one night. You know, some some games obviously have a tough intro when you're trying to sell it. You're like, all right, we're just gonna do a quick character session and get into the game. You know, there, now there, there's definitely depth and so much richness in like taking the whole session and doing that. And one night, your whole group's together going through it. And but, so, but sometimes you're like, man, I wish I had a quick character. 
and you just you read those little descriptions sure. and you know from a referee standpoint yeah we can we can bang out a character uh you know for someone to play for like a one night one shot or something just if they want to get a feel for the game and that's if but just give a little flexibility on what kind of the character is um and even and then something jimmy you know you might mention this too but in the classes i love how it's great where they've had the little starting pack is right there you know that used to be kind of at the end in the equipment section they've actually got that right in the character class section now and they've got the um you know i think even like two op there's like two options right like you could have like a different style or something maybe in some cases um and then they have like uh something that's also there's a, there's a lot of other handouts um you know uh Jim, um James just talking about the those two particular character classes were kind of released like on the forums just like hey I've come up with these they're pretty cool uh DM Prada is, is a cool guy I've, I've got the chance to play with him in one of his games and what his actual his um module this uh, tr uh late trapper's lament is actually the one that was released as part of this kickstarter also so he's another designer d referee he's done a lot of the editing for the game system just for anybody out there Great guy. Had a great time playing with him. Shout out. Thanks, David. <laughs> um, if you listen to this randomly. Um, but yeah, I think those character classes, you know, were just, I don't know if, I don't know if they ever actually were, if uh, Jeff ever agreed on the forum, like that those were going to be part of the system. You know, I think that's just something cool that, you know, uh, uh, they did. And again, the, by the way, if you haven't checked out the forum, it's hyperborea.boardhost. You can Google that and definitely join up if you're in anything Hyperborea. There's tons of player resources. It's a great community. Um, you know, I know a lot, we've posted a lot of our maps and campaign stuff and, you know, just there's a lot of, uh, you know, great resources there. And even like if, if you want to be up to date on any of the new releases for things, there's the, you know, the, the Hyperborea board host page. There's also uh, pretty active. The actual Northern Adventures Discord has gotten a lot of traffic recently, which is great. I think uh, the Discord is a really cool community, too, if you're looking for a group, uh, you know, just shout out to that. I'm looking at it right now on the screen, uh, but there's there's a lot of traffic there now. I think a lot of people have been joining up on the Discord. Still, Facebook group, Twitter, Instagram, obviously are places you can connect. But I think between the Discord and the and the board host, that's like we're probably ninety ninety five percent of the traffic and just discussion and information and things that people are uh, just interested in and talking about are are uh, going on. So definitely check those out if you have not already. Probably post links to those too. In the show notes later. Now that I think about it. Um. But yeah, so I, I don't know. G, G, I think the uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned some of the uh, that that language of the. So you have, you know, I'm sure all of us have had to look up at least one or two words in reading this uh, <laughs> player's manual, especially the witches' potions. I was like, what is? I can't. I was like, one I couldn't find, and then it then it actually tells you later in the in the care. I like stopped when I read that word and I looked it up. Couldn't find it. I think for the potions that cause blindness. Yeah, the opacogens. Uh, whatever that. I'm blanking on the word right now. Opacogens. What is it? Yes, and so I was like, that 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 was like one thing that didn't come up. A lot of times, you know, he's got different uh, like the old English spellings and stuff, which is fine. But some of the uh, like that one, but then of course it later just says like what it is in the witch thing. I like looked for like fifteen minutes, couldn't find it. <laughs> Two sentences later, it told me what it was, and I was like, ah, you know. But I think that's something that, ironically, I, while I still I still love looking, you know, I think th this type of game and the you know these systems of, of over time obviously put in a lot of fun language and improve your vocabulary. I think that's actually a fun part about this game. Get you ready for those SATs, if those are still a thing, right? Um, but, but uh, you know, ironically, though, some of the sort of, I don't, I don't want to say grandiloquent, right? We might as well throw out a big word, too, to describe it. But so some of the language actually was removed. I thought, you know, in some cases, it actually, like in some words, if it was maybe just a little, I don't know, it was too much or something in like a spell entry or something it was actually switched back, you know? So I think some, some things have been normalized, but I think that left room for some of the other fun things like the decoctions and stuff throughout. So there's still some of that. You're not going to be missing out on that throughout the book for sure. Uh, but I think in some cases it has been simplified 
uh, in some of the other sections. I just thought that was interesting. You know, it just depends on where you are in the in the book. So, <clears throat> uh, but yeah, Jimmy, any other any other class things you want to mention? I know there's there's a lot. There's, there, again, a lot there's of various other things like, uh, like small the, things like yeah. you know my first experience playing uh, in Hyperborea. I was a scout, and so the additions to the scout that. Uh, your base speed is now 50 uh, movement via the run ability and the yeah, fact that you have fast. the disguise ability. So Things like that are, are very fun. And I, I think we could talk at length about these kinds of small changes that have, have appeared in, in parts of the uh, class design. But I, I really want to uh, talk about some of these uh, 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 new equipments and new spells that are at your disposal because yeah yeah uh <laughs> i i think we're gonna um hit our own like personal time barriers in terms of like when we when <laughs> we actually want to end the episode yeah yeah i think but before we leave the class section just quick i don't know do i don't know if we ever actually had anybody kind of assigned to talk about the races and things i know i think J- J- um james mentioned it earlier but yeah now there's 12 extra playable races you, know, you can play the, the muats. You know the you can actually play an un if you're interested in such things. Really cool. Um, you know Lemurian. Uh, there's there's just a bunch of other things, and with them come some of the religions. You know I think Jimmy mentioned like Buetzu, which is a celestial serpent, sort of this Lemurian lawful good guy. You know God coming from the Lemurian remnants. I think there's just again lots of other fun, even more d- diversity to the world. You know we talked about that earlier, but it's just even more flavor, even more interesting things. And uh, yeah, you can roll for it or you can choose those yourself it's cool and if you look at um you know just to add on to that uh you know this this really is a game of imagination and and the imagination that you bring to it if you look at um uh jeff's uh responses to the on the forums when people were asking about the additions to races and and uh uh you know the concept of the races he says specifically that they're ethnic groups you know ethnic yeah, with yeah. you know that mm-hmm. may have physical similarities but he also says look if, if you want to uh do you want to be something that's not represented um the you know the different uh uh societies in hyperborea have crossed the veil f- across all different eras and all different times yep. <laughs> from earth so there's no reason to believe that the specific group that you like to play that you don't see uh can't still be in the game um oh I, so which as somebody that is <laughs> running is really a, <laughs> a fifth edition game uh in the setting of hyperborea i very much leverage the the canonical lore of hyperborea that you know this world is just beyond the north wind and uh you may end up in hyperborea from anywhere in the cosmos uh, so my uh, Hyperborea game in which, you know, somebody's a tiefling and another person's an elf. Well, you know, that's totally fair game. Like, uh, that's just that's just what we're doing. Um, and it's it's all fair in uh, the Hyperborea lore. These people stumbled on uh, this world. Maybe long ago, maybe it was mm-hmm. their ancestors. Or maybe it was much more recent. <laughs> 
Isn't it interesting to hear how Jeff feels about that? I don't know. No, but I think yeah, you might be the only person running 5th edition in Hyperborea, but I think that's cool. <laughs> no, for the record, we are playing lots of Hyperborea with the Hyperborea system. I love this setting. Not, uh, I, I think yeah. it's great. <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, yeah, I think the setting is so good. It, it needs, I know it's, it's great to give it more avenues to get out there. I mean, even if, if your, your group is playing Pathfinder and you know, you're, you're comfortable with that system, like, man, just, just buy the book to bring in the world. Like this, the, 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 the can't, I can't, you know, get, still get over the, and I, and I, that's one thing I've not had a chance to do yet is really read through the gazetteer. I have noticed a few mm-hmm. updates and additions again to some of the religions they've expanded on some of the, the, the things. And it just, I think, I think some of that's really deep. Yeah, it, um, but again, like just just the the, the world and the dot, like the dots on the map, all have a little sentence or some in some cases a, a whole paragraph. But it, it just the 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 world setting is so rich, but just enough to like you know wet your fingers and then you you can expand on it to make it your own. So it really can work in any system. It's just it's a great uh, yeah abs- the setting is so great. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, you know if. If it was nothing but a source book, it still would be worth every penny. So. Oh yeah, seriously, yeah. You could, and again, and hey, and with the referees guide being separate now, hey, you can just buy that and get all the world fluff. You could totally just use it as a source book. You know, you now to have this uh, the Atlas document PDF. I don't know if you guys actually. Oh, looked I, at I that. love it. Um, uh, interesting. You know, I, I'm kind of like fifty fifty on it. I don't know. I kind of like that big map. You know, which I still have, of course, from all the previous versions. Um, and it's got that kind of you know individual, but it's it's a very sort of typical game aid in that style. I think it, I think it's great. You know, I, I don't know if I would necessarily use the hard copy versus the full maps. You know, I don't know. It's just I, I found the to, Atlas very in, you can useful pull out that one page. already uh, in Hyperborea oh. games that I was running mm. in terms of things that I was I was comfortable sharing with the players to give them. Uh, more insight into the geography and like like very granular uh, gotcha. things. Um, just because otherwise, mm-hmm. I was, uh, you know, if if I was if I was going to share something with the players, um, over over Discord or uh, some sort of messaging service, basically what I was doing was, all right, let me open the full map. Okay, let me zoom in. Okay, let me take like a screenshot, like you know. Uh, to give yeah, somebody a s- yeah yeah especially a lot of us playing digitally yeah it's a good point a lot of us playing digitally at at the moment still yeah it's nice to have some high res images that aren't massive you know I think the the original JPEG of the world is like twenty megabytes and that would kill some uh, online systems <laughs> oh you <laughs> yeah. absolutely I'll just not cannot upload the the full map to like <laughs> roll twenty or foundry or yeah you got a screenshot drop the res like but it was great to be able to zoom in it's a great file you know but um. It's better on the table than in a digital format. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, all right. So, I guess that's the, yeah, the classes. We got backgrounds. Yeah, I think, again, tons of fluff, lots of options. We've talked about that enough, but really, really cool updates uh, with that front. Um, so, yeah, equipment. What do you, James Wiley, what do you think? Yeah. We mentioned, we've already, we've already kind of, we hit the elephant in the room. Yeah. I know everybody's worried about this two headed shield going away. <laughs> <laughs> every, 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 everybody's I wonder if anybody else noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I did yeah. not notice that actually. It's like yeah, a... so just I think we weren't recording when we were talking about the two-handed shield before. Uh, but my my primary lamentation from the changes to the armor section is the absence of the two-handed shield, just because <laughs> I, I I didn't I didn't appreciate it until it was gone, uh, <laughs> and and seeing that it was gone really made me think about a kind of character that I think I would really like to play. Uh, who is a fighter, but not someone who like is interested in violence, 
rather like a protector and someone who's interested in protecting the other characters in the party. Jimmy was talking about like a, even like a priest who might be able to do that, which is like very on flavor. Uh, I was thinking like a Hodor style character who's just like it's all about protecting other people in the party and like will never instigate violence. I want uh, I shield maidens. Really cool. I just I want yeah. shield maidens. That's <laughs> yeah. Warrior priest it's, with his shield maidens. It, it just works for me. <laughs> As great for a henchman to, to carry two yeah. plus yeah, two one. and to your melee AC plus three to your AC V missiles. I mean, like that's a big bonus that's now just like not available in the booklet anymore. And um, to me, like you know, understanding. I think everything what we said about character classes probably applies to equipment too. Like you want to cut down on unnecessary complexity for new players. That makes makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. So like, you know, people on this podcast are coming at this from like the very specific perspective of like people who run the games and we're just like, yes, give us more complexity. But, yeah. like, <laughs> but like, you know, not for everyone. Uh, but for me, not loss of two-handed shield uh, was big. Another thing that I thought was interesting is someone for whom, you know, my first character was a ranger. And the ranger is interesting because, you know, can totally wear like full plate, uh, you know, that heavy armor, get that damage reduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, get that low AC, that's great, but uh, you also, as a ranger, have some access to thief skills, which don't work very well when you're yep. wearing the play. <laughs> the armor, and, yeah. And yeah. so uh, there's an addition, which is pretty, kind of flavor, but I think also could potentially be practical, uh, in the armor section where uh, you can have the time that it takes to don uh, your armor if you have help from a friend. So, like, say, like, you are, like, a ranger who is, like, you know, out, like, kind of doing some advanced scouting, and you, like, come into some danger. Well, like, if you're out scouting with a buddy, well, like, now you can get your heavy armor on in five minutes instead of ten. Uh, which, you know, I, I thought there was, like, an interesting opportunity for, like, role-playing, interesting opportunity for, like, collaboration among people in the party, uh, just, just to note that. Um, and you know, there, there's some there's some things for um, armor that again are kind of like fluff, uh, but that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, and this is actually kind of segueing into a, a lamentation of something that's that's missing. So this this stipulates that heavy armors include uh, a gauntlet or a demi gauntlet, uh, which is like you know the huge like hand and like wrist uh, you mm-hmm. know armor, but no no bonus listed for uh, for pummeling. Which I would think, you know, like if you have, it's kind of like a cestus, you know, uh, yeah, if you're, yeah. you're holding something iron in your in your in your in your hand, like a cestus, you know, like you get a bonus. So the same bonus sh- should apply now by default if you're wearing heavy armor. So my games heavy armor, bonus to your to your pummel. Um, <laughs> it's just harder to move. You're moving slower. You're like, ugh, and you just can't. Maybe maybe so heavy you can't move fast <laughs> enough to do damage. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of all I had for, for the armor. I think, you know, in, in this, in this discussion, the headline, uh, is like the new weapons, obviously. Uh, yeah. and so right now there are 43 weapons to choose from, uh, which is up from, up from 49. Uh, but there are five new weapons, one of which has been taken away. Uh, cause I didn't talk about all the additions. I do, though, want to lead off by talking about, yes, another lamentation, but something that's not in the weapons that used to be the one subtraction is the Garrett. Uh, 
or the garrote. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, garrote. but this is like, yeah, garrote. This is like a wire for strangling somebody, <laughs> which uh, leads me to another lamentation, which is the absence of asphyxia damage. So <laughs> asphyxia is so flavorful in the uh, in the complete of, of uh, Tui that I almost want to just like read the whole thing if I can get to it quickly enough. Okay, so this is this, yeah. this, this was this was left on the cutting room floor. And look, sometimes you have to kill your kids when it comes to editing. You, you got to kill your sweetest stuff. But like this was like a personal favorite entry from from Tui. It's now gone, and I and I miss that. So for asphyxia, it said. In any age, it may come to pass that a rough-footed barbarian chieftain, black-hearted savage from Hyperborea's northern wastes, leads a screaming horde of wild men over the walls of a civilized nation. After he smashes into the hall of the king and mounts the dais upon which the rotund monarch defiantly reposes, the savage clamps his iron-hard hands around the tyrant's soft, fleshy neck and chokes the life from him. Once the final gurgling breath ebbs from betwixt purple blood-slavered lips, the, sla the savage tears the crown from the king's gory head and sets it upon his own. The king is dead. Long live the king. That's sweet. <laughs> and... You know, not that we uh, condone strangulating violence. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, th I think that there is some of, the, of that... Uh, you know, not, not to say, obviously, this is a very sort of, what is it, NC-17? I mean, yeah. this is a mature game, obviously. You know, we, we didn't really introduce that. It is, this is an explicit podcast, uh, adult themes throughout. You know, I don't want to sugarcoat the game system, but I think, yes, some of some of those things throughout some of the other areas also, where, yeah, asphyxia damage is removed, or even some of the other s spell effects that kind of did something similar, they've kind of re revamped it into just, like, damage. You know, like, if you're, you know, you're just getting damage instead of some of that extra, like, graphic description of some of those things I think was removed a little bit and you know may maybe that is uh, again I think maybe uh, maybe more accessible to a wider group with some of that stuff maybe maybe being removed you know I don't I don't know if that's necessarily a uh, you know I, th I think in not removed throughout obviously but I think in some cases that you know there's probably a just design choice like hey uh, maybe maybe ixnay on the uh, <laughs> angulation say damage you know that's maybe and then the Garota obviously you know goes along with that you know when you're kind of encouraging that sort of activity with your role players uh, but obviously you can, uh, depending on your group and your comfort level, obviously role play away for whatever your heart desires. <laughs> that, that's a great point. That, that's probably exactly why it was cut. And I mean, uh, the yeah. very next sentence is asphyxia is a violent and perturbing episode. Right. So yeah. well, it, it yeah. is. The, yeah. the one thing that I would say is that a garot, I mean, to me, it sort of makes sense because a garot isn't really used in, uh, uh, it, it, as a weapon has one purpose <laughs> well yeah i mean as a weapon you it's really a sort of an assassin's weapon you sneak up yeah. through you know you sneak up from behind somebody <laughs> and quietly slip the rope over their neck while they're not you know with while they have their eyes closed it, it um it uh uh in a combat situation unless you're grappling it would be really hard to 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 get a hit, let's just say, <laughs> with yeah, with a real yeah. garage, you know, to be, mm -hmm. if we're being realistic about, <laughs> yeah, how, yeah, how it's used. Yeah. So maybe that, maybe that was part of the thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just, 
That makes sense. And so, and, and that's reflected in the mechanics of how asphyxia used to work too. So you don't yeah. even need to make your test of constitution until the third round. So like, you know, say you grapple somebody and you, and you, and you stipulate that you're choking them. Like they, they need to not be able to break out of your grapple, like through a test of strength or whatever for three rounds before you even get to damage starting. But that. Yeah, <laughs> but then it's bad D6, time. It's like D six cumulative damage is pretty awful, yeah. right? It's yeah. like this nuts sort of. Then it and, is bad and, times. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, so, so in terms of my personal comfort level, I can, and I, I think this is true as a player or as a DM. I'd probably be more comfortable with it as the victim player than as the DM, uh, you know, perpetrator. But like, yeah. you know, after three rounds, you know, one D six cumulative damage. Uh, every turn, which to me just like feels like drowning or like feels like being choked yeah, to death. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that could be intense for, for a lot of players. So, uh, so you know, I, I, I think Zach, that's a great point about why it's probably cut. You know, feel free to keep it in your game if you like it. Yeah. Uh, but not, not here anymore. Okay, cool. Fun stuff. Fun stuff. Light, flavorful. No more. No. No, no more. No more graphic depictions of, of drowning and choking. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So cool stuff. Okay. So five new weapons. Uh, well, so uh, really three new weapons and two disambiguations. Uh, so okay. starting with, with easy stuff. Two disambiguations. Uh, the silver dagger is now listed separately from the base dagger. It's more delicate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fine. Check your. Item savings throw chart for silver as opposed to iron. Cool, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, long sword and broad sword are listed separately. They're functionally the same in terms of like practical impact, but you know they are mm-hmm. physically mm-hmm. different objects, so they're listed separately now. Okay, cool. Three brand new weapons for you to choose from. Uh, first, I'm going to start with my very favorite because this is a weapon that uh, again, my, my first character, my ranger character, um, ad hoc improvised from the robotic arm of his slain witch lover uh, <laughs> he, he, used to, he used to carry a whip uh, and then she had like this like metal blade arm after her arm was chopped off and like because like my character loved her so much he just like sewed her arm onto the edge of his whip mechanically it probably wouldn't have worked as well as this chain whip which makes sense, you know, yeah. it, the, 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 for, in order to successfully like wield a metal object at the end of a whip, it should be, uh, you know, the whip itself needs to be like metal bars linked by short lengths of chain, which is what this chain whip is. And uh, at the end of the whip is a heavy dart, uh, kind of like a, an arm where like the hand is replaced by a blade, much like, oh, yeah. my, <laughs> much, much like my love's hand was. You know, one of these days uh, <laughs> we'll return to that game and hopefully cure Latuginous, but that's not this day. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be honest. In terms of like emotional impact, like I would have rather I would have rather been asphyxiated. Like I, when, uh, when 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 James Upton, another player in this uh, in this campaign, like killed that character's love while like Latutinus was trying to jump over the wall and like repeatedly like failing dexterity checks to like even get to her and help. It was just oh, it broke my heart. I'm still kind of mad at James. I'm like some like barely conscious level like i still kind of am mad, mad at him about that <laughs> i mean for the record her lover the lover was trying to kill the players and uh but it was a great graphic vivid scene in a beautiful it foyer was. It and was. her blood uh arm fall, you know chopped off on this beautiful uh black and white uh marble flooring so yeah i yeah. always remember that scene as well. yeah, thanks to zach yeah my, my favorite my favorite role-playing uh in my, in my in my short role-playing career um but yeah so the, the chain whip is new 
I think that's pretty cool, uh, pretty flavorful. Uh, there's also a hand trident, better known as a Psy, like Raphael yeah. from Teenage Mutant yeah, Ninja oh, yeah. Turtles. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very cool. Happens to be that, you know, prior to reading this, one of the characters, Jimmy, uh, in, in the campaign I'm running, also kind of has a hand trident. It's kind of like a hand trident that can expand into a larger trident. Actually, actually, it's a long trident that can contract into a short trident uh, <laughs> in certain settings, but in, in any case. Um, very cool. Um in the description, it says that the hand trident is a superior parrying weapon, which makes all kinds of sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. Very, very flavorful. You can imagine, like, catching a, a sword in between the blades of the hand trident, just twisting it away. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mechanically, where's the bonus to parry? Right? Like, it it has it, the symbol, plus one, plus one AC. It gets plus one AC bonus. But that doesn't distinguish it from other weapons that have a bonus to parry. Good point. Uh, okay. That's fair. If, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, like with with a quarter staff, you get yeah, you get a bonus plus one AC bonus. So I guess yeah, okay. You're All thinking right. it should be like a plus two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to. It says this is that's one weird thing. It says to get that bonus, you actually have to have two of them. You can't even use one and a shield hmm. to get the to get the bonus, which is a little weird. Yeah. So I feel like if you're you could just have a hand trident and a shield, but then you're. I mean, I guess technically then you're still getting a plus one for the shield. But then should you have another plus one? That's maybe a little little weird, but. I don't know if anybody would even read that and just see, oh, look, plus one, plus one AC, done. And you just use one. Right. Oh, by the way, the fine print, I hope you have two, you know, and one doesn't break. Or, you know, it's just, it's just a little weird. But, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, flavor, right? Raphael, always use two. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Maybe maybe yeah, you should only really cool. get uh, plus two if you're wielding two. You, you always get plus one. Uh, but then, like, there the superior go. pairing weapon means that if you've got two, it stacks. <laughs> 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 I'm on board with well, that. I'm on board house with rules, that. house rules. Yeah, definitely. Feel free. <laughs> um, next is the Tanfa. Now, um, so th- there's some organizational stuff in the weapons section. Um, you know, the, in, in, the, in the TUI, it was, uh, or, the weapons were organized by weapon class uh, in ascending order. Uh, now they're alphabetized, which yeah, I'm kind yeah. of agnostic about. I think that, you know, alphabetized yeah, is better for some uses, but weapon class is better for other uses. Um, but one of the things that I really do like is that, they, that about alphabetization is that it groups similar weapons together. So like all of the swords are together instead of like being yeah. separated by the length of the sword. All of the yeah. uh, clubs are together as opposed to being separated by the length of the club. Now this next weapon, the Tanfa, uh, it says that it is, it is a club in the, in, the, in the description, but it is not listed as a club. Uh, to me, organizationally, this is just like, you know, maybe some rules lawyering, it would have made more sense to list the Tanfa as a variety of club. Cool new weapon. Uh, this is a uh, sort of weapon that I didn't know what it was before. It's a hardwood club. features a perpendicular handle attached about a third of the way down its length, about 15 to 20 inches so, long. Typically, we were living yeah, nightstick, right? Also, like Yeah, a... also known as a nightstick um, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and wielded by some police officers in modern in a modern version so yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 so. so um so you know to to me i have trouble imagining the kind of character that would wield tanfas but it's a perfect weapon for the revamped monk for the revamped monk yeah there you yeah. go <laughs> yeah, yeah I, 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 uh, <laughs> there you go well, that's a good point i think about that yeah yeah, mm. obviously the, the art in the weapons section is uh, is stunning. 
I think the biggest we already talked about that, but that's the yeah, that's yeah. the real like so good. That's the worst I know. Yeah, exactly. That's that's so cool. I mean, because okay, so the reason why that's cool, it's so cool to me, is because if you're a fighter, then your weapon is like all of your spells, and yeah, like and yeah. the, and the advanced combat you know maneuvers that you can do with your weapon, uh, that the, that's like you know there's the, there's kind of really like your spells, but your but your but your weapon is like your your spell book it's like it's like the it's like the flavor of magician that you are it's like mm-hmm. so so classic mm-hmm. magician that you are and so like just and, and you know most people who play role-playing games i mean or i would think a lot of them don't know what like a tanfa is or a cestus or a garret you know it's, it's just hard to you know without looking it up it's hard to know um, so for me getting all the images in there uh, makes playing fighters a lot more immediately appealing to new players. Aside from the fact that like new players tend to like to play fighters anyways, but that just like adds uh, adds a lot of uh, value for 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 people who want to play fighters. Um, and then lastly, with just like the general gear, there's really not a lot here. It's actually I wouldn't be surprised if it's the most similar section uh, in the in, among, among all the revisions, but. Um, Nice change that the ammo uh, in 2E was listed, like it was kind of mixed in with the gear. In uh, 3E, yeah. the ammo is listed separately. Um, what I would say, I, th- there are two additions uh, to the kind of gear that you can start with that I thought were really, really um, appropriate. One is that you can start with a set of clothing that's a disguise. That's probably implicit in the in the rules from before. Like, um, you know, this, this rule books, uh, and it didn't say this in 2E, uh, that it's generally assumed that every character owns normal clothing, you know, normal winter boots or shoes. Uh, but here, that you, you, that you can start with a disguise if you're like an illusionist or like some kind of, uh, you know, sneaky character. I thought that was that was pretty cool, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and it gives some flavor there. It's like, oh, it could be like a beggar's disguise or like, you know, like a, a disguise like as, as as an elite, you know. So you can you can like play with like the class dynamic there. I thought that was cool. And another item that's new that I thought was really appropriate is a blank book. Right, because like you have yeah. some you have some players yeah. like Zach, uh, who like take <laughs> like fastidious notes, like so fastidious, like over the course of like a very long campaign that it actually like defies belief that like a player like or that that, that a character would remember that even if like the player does. But yeah. but if your character has a blank book and is the type of character who has like been also <laughs> taking the same fastidious notes that you the player do, uh, yeah. then 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 there's a very good reason. How much does that weigh? <laughs> Just kidding. Three three pounds. Shout out to all my fellow berserkers. One pound. One read. One pound. <laughs> Ooh, it's only got fifty pages. Fifty pages. Okay, so it's kind of a small book. Leather so, cover, sewn binding. So okay, I, I'm skin. gonna I'm I'm gonna uh, 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 put in one of my one of my pee, pet peeves here under uh, under equipment. Not so much equipment is provender. Uh, which I, I know you haven't quite got to yet, but uh, as mm. far as uh, purchasing uh, brandy or mead or, or whiskey, it comes in gills. I, I don't know what a gill of brandy is, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know how long a, a gill of brandy will last. <laughs> we, I, I want clarity. <laughs> I want clarity on that. <laughs> Gill. We gotta we gotta look that up. Right. Pause. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking it up right now. A gill of is, isn't a gill like a flask? That's my guess because yeah, like probably, imagining probably yeah. like a pouch is sort of like a uh, or you, obviously a pint is pretty you know yeah, it's a right. quantity but it could be in a different sure. yeah, yeah I think a gill or that's like a 
like a what two fingers, right? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I get because really, I was looking at the because uh, that's from a tavern, right? So so that particular food and drink section is like found adventure parties, blah blah. blah most well, of it, towns, you know. I mean, common wine comes in two quarts, which is oh, pitcher, that's a yeah. that's or, a lot. Or a, gill, <laughs> or a gill. Well, or wine also comes in a gill. Yeah, so. Yeah. so no, I'm I'm yeah, I'm so. I'm being being funny or I'm tr- trying to <laughs> allegedly I'm being funny some Jeff is like oh they found it no. <laughs> there's some were taken away right. there's some words added okay you gotta look up something oh James Riley you got it you got it yeah yeah so the gill also known as the quartern or noggin yeah, uh, that's not helping yet. <laughs> in, the exact, in the exact measure. Usually it's a quarter of a pint. Okay. Uh, but right. in, right. in North England, it's half a pint. Well, oh, great. Right. <laughs> An opportunity for uh, world building in your version of Hyperborea. What a gill is right. in mm. Port Zangerios right. versus Chromarium <laughs> versus... Uh, right. you know, yeah. anywhere else. I, yeah. Eric's guard. I mean, this, I've just, I've, mm-hmm. I've just, uh, come up with a scenario for, for my new game. Uh, you're all in a tavern <laughs> at the table next to you. A fighting man receives a gill and says, you call this a gill? <laughs> <laughs> Chairs fly. What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> That's the next convention game. Right, uh, exactly. Oh yeah, the gills lament. Um, <laughs> the gills lament. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So that's what I got. that's what I have for equipment. Um, yeah. All in all, really, really, really pleased. Really pleased with the uh, with the new edition. Thanks to Jeff. Nice. Oh, cool. Did you randomly check any of the costs of anything? Did you actually like go through that granular? I'm just curious if uh, if you if like any of the I don't know costs or weight or anything randomly changed. I actually have no idea. Mm-hmm. I did not. No, sounds good. Stay tuned for the show notes. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> As I reassign some uh, homework. But uh, all right, let's see. Is it spells time? I think it's, it's spells time. time. What do you What do you got for us? All right. Oh man. Whew. So I had you know just. <laughs> we we've kind of touched on some of the spell updates, but I think um you know holistically I uh. I really enjoyed this because I forgot how flavorful some of these spells are because I haven't looked at a lot of these things in a long time. You know, I'm playing a priest. I look at a lot of the priest spells, but I haven't been able to get them because we magic was taken away in our game we're playing for sort of issues. Um, but I, I really haven't had a chance to go back and look at, again, some of these super flavorful spells, things like gelatinized bones or just, just some of these super cool uh, and gross you know, spells uh, that you can find in Hyperborea. Um, but big, big changes... Globally to the uh, sorcery section, uh, you know, previously the the biggest change I think is that any spell that had like a reverse effect, you know, cure light wounds, inflict light wounds, you now do not have to memorize those individually. You literally just can memorize cure light wounds. And as you're casting the spell, oh, by the way, you, you change the last word of your casting to the inverse and it actually inflicts light wounds instead. So your character kind of has that flexibility. Um, and actually, a lot of spells have reverse f- castings. You know, you I know just d- by default you think of like cure light wounds and flick light wounds, but there's fun fun things out there like tongues where you can understand anything that's saying. Yeah. By the way, that has a reverse spell. It's called gibberish. You can 
gobble somebody's conversation and you don't have to like, like would I ever memorize like gibberish? Probably not. But now that I have the option, like that's great. You know, like, like some, some of the reverse spells are really cool and definitely something I didn't, uh, you know, just going through again, like there's a lot. So there's actually a lot of flexibility again with some of the caster fun uh, utility. You know, we talked about utility earlier. Like you're always, oh man, I just feel like I need to cast or memorize, you know, three instances of magic missile because that's what I do. And now there's just, you just even have a, like, you're almost like doubling some of your spells. Like if you, if you do uh, memorize these things with reverse casting, it's like you just have a, loads of flexibility. I just, I, th- I think the mages in general have gotten, in some cases, more spells. We'll talk about in a second. Uh, just different versions of things, and yeah, it's super cool. So yeah, so that that's a big deal. Reversing your spells—they're also physically noted in the book as being reversible. Like it says in parentheses after the spell. So if you're kind of glancing through really quickly, if you're looking at the spells, you're like, oh yeah, like I forgot—I literally forgot tongues had a reverse form. Just never, never use that. I don't think. Um, and yeah, super fun. Other, other from a Do you think that poses like a balance issue? Like, are the reversible spells now just like? strictly better than non-reversible spells i'm gonna say no so one yeah so good question so so one of the things i want to talk about is specifically cure light wounds you know we we kind of hit this in our game randomly was when we sort of quote mid mid campaign switched over to 3e like cure light wounds and flick light wounds i think is actually a little bit more balanced because now it specifies specifically must be a living creature so you can't inflict light wounds on like an undead, technically, I think the way it's worded, which is which is again, I think a little balance. I think some some things are still balanced, but it's just more flexible and interesting. So I think in uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily, and again, a lot, a lot of utility, you know, just like some. Um, I'm trying to think of an example. Anyway, there's there's a lot of of course now I can't think of any as I'm looking through this, but the. Yeah, what we'll get through is I kind of go through the list here. But but I think they made some good decisions by doing that. Yeah, Tongues was the most flavorful and I thought it was fun to cast gibberish. And But yeah, Inflict Light Wounds, some of the wording changes definitely, uh, uh, you know, I, I think balances them appropriately. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of the, the spells in general, just the way they're entered. I think, again, a lot of extraneous things. We kind of talked about the organization has been revamped throughout. There's tables where there they need there should be tables and there's not when there's not when you don't need them. Um, there are literally so many, there's actually a shocking amount of small updates, like, oh, this range, act, a lot of ranges actually extended for some things, like uh, message extended from one mile to five miles. You know, just, there's little, like a lot of miscellaneous utility ranges extended, which is pretty cool. Um, a big change, however, uh, is that a lot of spells previously you were like some things like fireball, for example, you would get, you know, you get your sorcery save. Oh, but by the way, you also get your defense adjustment. If you had higher dexterity, pretty much any spell that used to also add that defense adjustment bonus went away. So basically you, you only, when you're looking at sorcery saves, you only have to look at one spot on your character sheet. You don't have to remember, Oh, did I put that in, you know, and any, any spell that has like the avoidance save, mechanic like something now like web you know some spells actually changed i think from sorcery save to avoidance save uh web i think might have been that example where hey i'm shooting something at you so you have a chance to like dodge so you use the more the flavor again i think i think that there was a really a a uh thoughtfulness in going through like oh yeah this spell makes sense just sorcery save your sol if you you can't dodge a fire you can't jump out of the way of a fireball it feels a 40 foot diameter that kind of makes sense 
you know, like some of these, uh, but again, it's just, a, that's a mechanic change. You know, it's just something to be aware of. But again, I think it, it's easier for players to get into it because again, you only have to look at one spot on your character sheet. You have an avoidance save, which already factored in that defense adjustment or sorcery save. So I think that's a, you know, just a, just a interesting move and I think fine. It's good so. to give the other kinds of saves some love too. I feel like mm-hmm. so many things mm-hmm. are sorcery saves. Like, like I gotta get some more device saves. And like, it's very yeah. infrequent. Or, or the, uh, save, yeah, but... Trans- transformation. Yeah. There's a lot of those. Uh, yeah, like, oh yeah, by the way, saves. if I uh, turn, you know, um, mud to lava, uh, <laughs> instead <laughs> of, you know, by the way, instead of just damage, now you just die. Like if you don't feel like, if you sink into the lava quicksand, you just die, you know, yeah. or something like um. Yeah, you can't avoid that, right? I mean, that that actually is an avoidance save. Now that I'm looking at it, uh, transmute rock to and also lava. give, give yeah, less power to the dexterity stat, which is like already maybe the best stat. So just like getting rid of that defense yeah. adjustment is probably like you know just normalized yeah. dexterity. Yeah, I, I think it's just attribute. one less thing to look at. Which you know I think it's because again you're always stumbling around. You're like, oh, did I? Oh, did I factor in my strength adjustment to my attack roll? Did I? You know, I think if you consolidate that stuff on your character sheet one time, you just you don't have to be bouncing around. Which you, you know I think is it, a good. It's a good consistency aspect of it, just because uh, there are stats that are associated with you know given types of saving throws, like you have the the wisdom and the willpower adjustment and willpower oh, adjustment yeah, yeah. sometimes shows up in sorcery saving throws but there shouldn't be a yep. you know well, I, yeah. it makes yeah. good sense to me that there shouldn't be a saving throw that's like this is an avoidance saving throw modified by your willpower adjustment if it's present yeah and exactly. so to yeah. Yeah. to you know make the 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 mechanical decision of if it's uh, an avoidance saving throw, you'll get that dexterity defenseman adjustment because, you know, your dexterity is high. You're able to avoid things more easily. But if it's not an avoidance saving throw, your dexterity is not helping you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and speaking of, um, you know, we're talking about uh, tra- other saves, like transformation save. One thing we, I'll talk about, like the spell haste. You used to, if, ever, if you were re- recipient of the uh, haste spell, you would automatically age a year after running around really quickly right so now at least you get a transformation save to avoid that effect that was a change in the third edition version of that spell um other other if you are one who plays with lots of spell components which i think you absolutely should i think it's fun and you know uh, a lot of some of the spells that required like really high dollar spell components which you don't always get into um, but some of the things like there's like a magic chest where you can you know have a small version and kind of this extra dimensional thing you know you used to have to have like a, a two or three thousand gold piece chest you know so some of these high dollar components have reduced drastically reduced in cost so mm. i think if you're one to play with it it makes them a little more accessible and not things you have to like well i'm never going to cast that because i can't afford mm. the you know two thousand gold piece thing you know or just depending on your type of game like that might not be a thing but i just found that interesting like a lot of those high dollar spell costs uh component costs came down um and again, quick updates to the spell lists. So uh, first thing to the spell list, I think it is just super subtle, but I love now that there are little percentile rolls next to every single spell in the spell lists. That's something great as a referee tool if you're like, oh, I got to scroll of this. And you can roll for it. You don't have to like count the spells, like choose which, I guess I'll use a d20, I guess. You know, but they're actually percentile rolls kind of evenly distributed for all of the uh, spells by level, which is great. So just utilitarian referee, the fact that that's, percentile role is in the spell list charts is great from just a mechanic or a um you know running the game standpoint i mean zach in in, in the rules it actually states that the referee has or you know if if it's the referees in the referee's game system that the 
the spells that are assigned to each character could actually be required to be generated off of this list. I find that super restrictive and <laughs> and also uh, leaves some casters prone to a real grab bag of spells, but it is actually <laughs> an option for how you can run a game. Yeah. I like the grab bag approach. You When you rolled up some characters for the con, Zach, you did that grab bag right. approach, right? And I, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's cool, especially as someone who's played RPGs for a long time like you or like like all of you except for me like you've probably played with like the spells that you think are amazing several times already so yeah. just like yeah. rolling for it gives you an opportunity to you know try some new things or just and npcs i think it's fun yeah. in in my way of thinking what like your first spell should be randomly generated because you would be learning it from somebody who's teaching it from you you're not really mm-hmm. you you know you're really you're an apprentice wizard who's learning from somebody else only once you become a pc do you actually get to pick the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the smells yourself yeah. once you attain agency and consciousness mm-hmm. uh... exactly <laughs> why did this asshole teach me detect venom yeah right. yeah, yeah. Can you just see if it's venomous <laughs> It's, it's because Definitely. I'm a first level cleric, and now that that's actually an ability, I can I can cast that spell now. Like Venom is one of the adds to the first level cleric spells. Um, yeah, some of the so the just quick run down the spell list. If you're interested, level five magic spell. There's this new spell called Ecstasy of Shadow. We'll talk about it in a second. Cryomancer level three. There's a new spell called Inner Eye. We referenced. Um, biggest changes I think are for illusionist and necromancer. Guess what, illusionists? You, you were missing this earlier, but now you can cast identify. Level Thank one. goodness. You, woo! I know <laughs> it's another. Everybody's like, man, we need more people that can do that. <laughs> That's good. Um, they've also uh, you now. Some of you who've played other role playing games may be very f- familiar with the prismatic series of spells: prismatic spray, wall, sphere, orb. Those have now been added to Hyperborea system, so illusionists can now cast uh, those various spells as well, which is really cool. There's also a new spell called Chameleon, which is kind of what you think it does. A little camouflage kind of stuff. Illusionist can cast that. They can also now cast Tongues and Zombie Visage. Again, sort of, you know, all the, all the uh, like, disguise self kind of things Illusionists really are getting um, in addition to the Prismatic uh, spells, which is great. Necromancers can now cast Detect Malady. Malady, again, just being anything that is what ails you. Oh, it's poison. They don't know what kind of poison it is, but... They can tell you there's poison versus a disease or something else. Uh, Necromancers can also cast Wyvern Warden at level 2. New spell called Summon Toad Swarm, level 3 Necromancer spell and a Witch spell. Um, Ecstasy of Shadow, Inner Eye as well, those new spells. Um, Pyromancers can now cast Unseen Servant. Great. But before you go to Pyromancer, as you you were saying, it, it struck me as super flavorful that a Necromancer can cast Detect Malady. Because that would be of like extreme interest to a nec- to a necromancer. Like, oh, this person's not dead yet, but if I follow <laughs> them for a couple of weeks, they're likely yeah. to become a corpse. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, pyromancers. Yeah, unseen servant. There's this new spell called. Uh, or I'm sorry, they can now cast wind wall, and now that pyromancers can also cast witch fire, which is previously just a witch spell. There's a new spell called boil, which by the way, you can do lots of things with that. Uh, and yes, just in case you're asking, at higher levels, you can boil the thing you're thinking about right now. 
I don't, you, so you, you can start you with water. You can start with oil. You can kind of go up. Tree sap. You can make make syrup. Tree sap. No. That's the thing I'm thinking. No. About. You're right. Maple what syrup. Are you, what, what, what you know, it is super can, useful to make maple syrup during a game of hyperbole. <laughs> exactly. The guys. That's exactly what I'm No. No. You can boil people's blood as you get higher level um, of pyromancer, which is pretty crazy. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, witches. Like I said, you can cast Featherfall. They get witch fires earlier. Inner Eye, Summon Toad Swarm, Life Globe. Life Globe is a kind of multi-purpose. has some different healing effects, regeneration kind of things. Really cool multi- multiple spell. And now there's a... Witches can also now cast Reincarnation, which I thought was interesting. We talked about the witch, you know, at higher level, six-level witch spell. Then being able to cast Reincarnation, I think, is, again, super flavorful. Pretty pumped about that. Clerics just got to Detect Venom and also Feeble Mind at a higher level, which is pretty cool. And Druid's got some fun spells. They could, there's this... Create firewood, right? Really necessary? I don't know. I mean, they can gather and hunt and do all these things, but sure, why not? Was just created. Yeah, <laughs> not not a lot of firewood in Black Waste. Ah, <laughs> oh, true. If you're not in an area where you need some firewood, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And chameleon uh, druids can also cast boil and life globe, which are new spells. Uh, then there's a new spell called regeneration, which again is very similar. To what we talked about uh, they can actually re- reattach your severed limbs. Except for your head, if you re- there's a great flavorful line in this where it's like even if you reattach the head, the brain does not necessarily come with it, and you'll still be a uh, sort of gibbering idiot uh, if your head is regenerated to your body even after death. So don't try that. And then lastly, druids can cast now; they can have access to true seeing at later levels, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, we I literally have a ridiculous amount of uh, small changes, and again, I think the defense adjustment. Sorcery save is, is a pretty big deal throughout. You'll see that. And there, there's, again, just really fun. Uh, something I really like about uh, the, how the spells are organized. Like, previously, some of the spells would reference other spells. Like, you know, like uh, aid functions as bless, but it also does this thing. So you'd, you'd have to kind of flip through, like, oh, wait, is, is bless plus one plus, mm-hmm. is that just to AC? Or was that to attack rolls and damage or something? So you kind of have to flip back and forth between a few spells and sometimes... Um, and even I think there was like a double, or even like with the priest, it was something. Um, what was it like? Uh, uh, not commune or what? Uh, um, anyway, there was like a double effect where this functions as aid, and then you had to like triple, double back, you know, through some of the priest spells to figure out like what actually was happening. So I think it's a really good. They've literally got all the information right there. You don't have to bounce back and forth. It just says this does this and this, and that's it, which is really nice. Again, usability I think is uh, you know, up to, up to notch. Yeah, boils really cool. Does the damage? Like I said, chameleon is basically a, you know, you get a two and six bonus to surprise people. You know, plus two to hit for some, you know, on your initial attack rolls. Basically, some bonuses to hiding. Create firewood, pretty straightforward. Um, ecstasy of shadows, this sort of you know rippling shadow of things that comes out, and they can, uh, they victims sort of are, basically they're like, oh, th- these <laughs> any intelligent or quasi intelligent creature in the shadowed area directly falls to the ground in spasms of necrophilic ecstasy with lifeless shadow beings for 2d6 rounds. It's kind of a funny uh, uh, effect there. It's pretty crazy. It also brings shame and dishonor to paladins and cataphracts who comport themselves to a code of gentility. Atonement may be required. Uh, Oh, uh, other other global effect. Uh, Some of the spells like hold person, you know, some of these games, you know, sometimes command, hold person can really really knock down that big bad really quickly. We've talked about that as a group over time. Uh, but some of your high-level people, 
Now, like, hold person has this extra thing where if you're nine or higher hit dice, you get an additional plus 40 or sorcery save for some of those things. So it's still possible, you know, that you might take out that big guy. Um, but, you're, you know, still modified. A lot of these things are still modified by if you have high willpower. Um, obviously, we've talked about other magic items that can prevent you from being held or release you, you know. But I think that's uh, some of the other spells have this ca- caveat for there's a little bonus for some of those extra high level uh, people you're casting at, you know, clairvoyance, clairaudience. If you're high level, you might, you might know that someone's like creeping up behind you with a sorcery save. Sometimes you didn't get like your target would never get a sorcery save for that. Um, yes, like magic mirror, scrying font, that kind of stuff. They always they get a little uh, thing there. Uh, oh, fun! Fun! I, I thought this was fun. I highlighted it because it's cool flavor. So the spell mount literally like summons a horse from somewhere in Hyperborea to you. So now they have this little flavor that's... But dead or alive, it always returned to where it was summoned from, sort of disappeared and ended up back where it was. So now there's this little bonus, like, adds a secret 1% chance for the recipient to determine who the borrower was, which I think is really funny. There's a of vengeance for the dead mount that got randomly uh-huh. thrown back, uh, you know, from the previous That summon. 1% chance for the next uh, large villain <laughs> in the campaign. <laughs> That was good. Yeah, so I, I have kind of an overarching question, and this is a sincere question. So there are things in this game, and probably in all games, that are kind of like that one percent chance thing. And and I, pro- and I and I would consider among those kinds of things, like all of the level six spells, like probably one mm. percent of characters like get level six spells. Right? Is that like a reasonable? Assumption like that. That's kind I don't know. Of, in, in I, don't know. I, mean, I guess. I guess my yeah. Growing up, I mean, yeah, we we want we we like the grind, right? I mean, it's interesting how we're reversing the game that you're running, James Wiley. We're yeah. starting higher and kind of descending, but yeah. I think yeah, most of it. I don't know. Like I've always grown up, you gotta like earn it. You know, if you just start with all these things, like it's kind of. I don't know, but but you could definitely play that game, right? I mean, I don't know. It's if common to play John or Jimmy like ever had epic that level games where you know you might. Um, you might have the certainly at conventions um, when you're doing uh, those one shot mm, games, yeah. you could have a convention mm-hmm. game that mm. that starts you at level one. You could have a convention game that plays plays you at level ten, um, and it's just like sure. that self contained adventure for that for that level. Um, Makes sense. The the beneath the comet module for uh, astonishing swordsmen and sorcerers of Hyperborea is is a very high yeah. level uh, module, but it's very fun and uh, you know you you'd want every character in the group to be like level nine so that the game master can actually balance the very intense combat that is in that module. But uh, <laughs> there are other modules that are, are lower level. Good, good point. Good point. Yeah, because as, as you were talking about some of these spells, I, I've never had a level six spell as a player. And uh, and I just I, I wondered like if that was something that really comes up or if it's just to kind of like add like the definitive flavor to the to the character class. But yeah, sure, like you know, you can you can stipulate whatever you want. Of course you can start with high level characters, that makes sense. He says that now, but I fully expect uh, there are some NPCs we may meet shortly in his game that have level six spells. Uh, <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> yeah, so I find like you gotta have that like goal, right? I mean you gotta have that little carrot like man, one day Right. One day I'm gonna be able to cast regeneration, you know, or like just some of these things. Like, there's all you gotta have a little little yeah. something out there to to work for, right? Um, 
Other, just globally speaking, I think I think with all, some of the spell updates, just as a heads up, I think again, Illusionist we already talked about. I think got some got some big buffs here with some additional spells. I think the way the way some of the spells like the summon, like the swarm effects, have gotten a lot better. Longer range to cast, and they like do more th- mess with the people that like the bat swarm is around you. It's harder to drink potions, fail on like a three and six chance. Like, like there's some of these fun mechanic things where I think the summon stuff is is pretty cool and l- definitely better overall. Pyromancers, druids, uh, you know, cryomancers. I think again, necromancers. I think are getting again besides some of the flavor boosts in this edition as being some of the cool. I just think archetypes for the the setting, you know, I think again, I've gotten, you know, just a little, I say just a little, little power bump, you know, in some of the, the, just the way some of the spells are functioning, you know, this, even like just magic ice dart, you know, kind of a lower level cryomancer spell, you know, the range is reduced, but oh, by the way, all of these missiles, it's kind of like a bunch of little ice darts appear and, you know, shoot at someone. It scales, it scales. Yeah, it's scale, scales great, a little shorter range, but they all like get fired instead of doing like one at a time every round. It used to be like oh, one at a time. You could, yeah. you could, you could cast like four of them, but shoots one at a time. Do, do. Next round, next round, you know, now they can just all fire, you know, they all have to roll to hit a little shorter range. So again, I think the balance is there, but some of these things are really cool. You know, I, I just think it's, it's given, I think little buffs to those particular spellcasters specifically. I think overall, just if, if you're interested in playing those classes or maybe hesitant before, I think there's just even more, they're just, they're just, this is cool. Little, little, you know, I think it's pretty fun. Referee discretion. Do the hovering razor sharp magical ice darts fall upon the cryomancer if he gets distracted in the process of spell casting? Still have concentration checks. Uh, st- well, you have the optional <laughs> concentration check, right? <laughs> so, Zach, no, because they, your during your spell, spell casting, you would cast the spell, and then they would shoot at the same turn, you know, the way the mechanic would work, right? Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. But, but yeah, previously, I don't know. I don't know. Which one of these is your favorite of, of, the, of, of the new spells? <laughs> that, that mount thing was funny. Oh, I, you know, I think Ice Javelin, you know, th- this, is a, this is a cool thing that, uh, again, Crime Answer-based. So typically, again, it, you know, ice javelin appears. You throw this thing. It used to get destroyed uh, on a four and six chance. Um, now it's a three and six chance it gets destroyed. Um, but if you miss, you can actually recall it back to yourself. You know, later. So like, like now you can pull that back to then throw it again unless it, you know if it hits. Obviously, if it hits, it does a lot of damage shillelagh's cool like even just something simple like that that spells has been around forever normally if you picked up this sort of magical club that's been enchanted by the druid to attack with it it would just disintegrate now at least you, you like someone else could pick it up and then it gets one hit and then it just dis- like would disintegrate like cool. one successful hit um but man you know the toad swarm is pretty crazy it sounds funny but new spell but it literally literally will toads appear swarm and crush the opponent Unless they make an avoidance savings throw, Under they literally weight. get D four plus one damage per caster level per round, and the only if you like fail your avoidance save for the initial like onslaught of crushing toads, the only way to get out is an extraordinary feat of strength until wow. the spe- or or until the spell ends, which you know it means you know varied rounds per level. Um, but I was like, man, necromancers and witches just like this d- deluge of toads like crushing yeah. me. I don't know. It seems like that's awesome. Kind of intense. Very, very, inte- very appropriate too for anyone who is an adherent of Zephaqua, who is the uh, ah yes, most, ah most, good point. Uh, yeah, worship God in Hyperboreus. Like, how could you not summon to us upon somebody as a adherent of Zephaqua? Yeah, 
Life Globe's really cool. I'm not gonna, you know, I won't give away everything because you might as well buy the book and read these things. Inner Eyes really cool. You get to like watch, you know, watch through the eyes of someone else to try to get an advantage on what they're gonna do. And um, again, all your favorite spells are still there. Uh, again, I just think. Yeah, and, uh, and any deletions? Any notable deletions? Zero deletions of spells. So all the spells oh, are good. still in place. Yep. And then they just added, you know, they added the uh, Boil, Life Globe, Chameleon, Create Firewood, uh, Inner Eye, ex- or Ecstasy, um, Ecstasy of Shadow, and all the four prismatics. There's like, you know, 10, 10, 12 new spells, something like that. I mean, it's a good, I think a good addition. And again, I, again, I just think the usability is great. Just from from running the game, um, and again, a, l- a lot of the durations increased. That those spell component costs came down if you're playing with that. Um, but again, I think there has been some balance. You know, like some again, you're if you're some of the effects may may upgrade. Like, you know, your your duration might have dropped, or you know, I, I think there's again little little things throughout that are pretty cool. I don't know. Um, the one spell I always want to use when I never get a chance to is Dance Macabre. Where you dance macabre, where you get to, you know, like marionette a dead body to, to be, but they can't they can't be turned because they're not actually undead, but they appear as undead. And, you know, you could make somebody come around. I mean, there's just there's just great flavor, you know, spells in Hyperborea that I think uh, need some use, and I think this edition really is going to reward people playing casters because I think there's just a lot of flavor, a lot of versatility, a little more even utility spells like we talked about with the Illusionist, and uh, yeah, definitely excited about. Um, spells overall james you had mentioned earlier uh uh your love of the asphyxiation description which is why i think you know the description on the boil spell uh the new boil spell i think is so uh amazing you know the actual description for when you're boiling someone's blood uh sounds a lot like uh, you know, the extended <laughs> agony and torment of asphyxiating, um, but it's much worse. Times. I think I would rather be asphyxiated than have my blood boiled. Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> magically, of course. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, is there a comment section in the, in the, on the podcast? Cause I, I think we need to run a poll blood boils or Garrett. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> too, too dark. I don't, I mean, uh, the, uh, uh, whether or not you're into asphyxiation is like a separate, more adult question. All right. So last thing I think we're going to talk about today is just the general sort of adventure and combat section. Right. So, so the main, main change you may have heard about, heard yeah. about it on the forum, getting rid of phases. Um, it, Yes, so, the, so no more phase combat, which, you know, I mean, I think I think some, those of us who used it, I think it was it was actually really great. It sort of came in when it needed to, you know, and it's like, oh, well, you can't quite get there in your first phase, so you, you'll attack at the end of after he goes, and he may get, you know, the enemy might get closer, and it worked out anyway, and by the way, you have this cool, you know, you still have, like, the weapon class first strike rule in, in this edition, which is cool. Like, if, you know, someone's coming in with a spear or, uh, like, a pike, they're going to hit first before you hit, with, hit them with your dagger. Like, it's, just, it's a cool mechanic. I think it's a great rule for the setting and the system. Um, but yeah, so they just went straight to, you know, just ordered, hey, you roll initiative, which is still the same initiative mechanics. You know, everybody declares actions every round. You roll initiative. Ties are still resolved in dexterity order. Um, but then you just say, you know, each side, you know, if, if uh, the party wins, hey, you're, everybody can do, you just do an order. Whoever's doing melee, do that. Missiles, magic, movement. You know, then just do that order. 
You can just repeat that in your head 87 times till you get it. But it was kind of this. It's kind of similar before. You can obviously still, you know, oh, I'm going to wait till later. Or I'm going to. There's still some hold mechanics and. Um, but yeah, just just literally taking the face combat, which just caused some confusion. I think it's fine. You know, again, I I don't. I think a lot of people just kind of remember the flow and just you know, okay, you guys go choose whatever order and. You know, I think there's still room for that, but it does make sense. You know, if you're someone's in battling melee combat, they're probably going to get the jump first before maybe someone fires their bow. So, I, th- I think it's pretty pretty intuitive. Um, I don't I don't think it's really a you know game breaking change. I think it is a little more accessible to new players. Just not reading it, you know, before. Um, I think uh, you know it is what it is. I, I don't think it's a. I think it will just help accessibility. So, I say from the from the weapon section. Um, th- this was in 2E as well, but the distance from which weapons of different weapon classes can strike is mm-hmm. a lot more prominent in 3E. And I actually have oh, noticed okay. it in 2E, uh, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's like very clear up front, weapon class 0 to 3, you have to be within 5 feet, mm-hmm. 4 to 5, 10 feet, 6, oh. 50, to 50 to 20 feet. Okay, so that's good. like as you're you know like playing out your like battle maps you know when COVID's over like in person on yeah, your like yeah. you know on your on your mats you know, yeah. the fact that you can strike with the weapon class four weapon from ten feet away like you know that actually uh, makes a really nice difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like I was always like when you had to like use the whip right and you guys you brought the ranger your earlier ranger yeah. class it was like oh in, in the whip description it talked about how long it was and then you could like roll to randomize how long mm-hmm. it was and mm-hmm. i think we did that at some point because i didn't know you know yeah well, that, that, that's a good i like that i like that yeah because i i think you know as much as uh i mean roll yeah roll 20 or you know, there's other digital uh you know fantasy grounds whatever interfaces you can definitely scale things if you want to play that game you know some people don't use miniatures don't use you know Scaled kind of things, and that's fine. But I think, yeah, I think for those of us who like that, you know, game, board game kind of style too, I think that's a great, that's a great feature to be prominent. I think that's a good, that's a really good uh, add there. Yeah, I hadn't noticed that yet. Cool. Uh, I'm trying to think any other. I, I like the, I like that you like that. I liked doing that in yeah. your games, but I don't have the mastery of the combat rules to run that in my games. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's just a yeah, obviously you know, different groups do different things differently. (laughs) I think this change ultimately works as well, just because phase one, phase two was unique and it led to unique outcomes in combat. But um, so often, like more often than not, phase two didn't really have anything happen. Um, And so it was a, it was a difficult extension to really uniquely leverage uh and mm-hmm. yeah and, and so changing that for very explicit ranges on weapon classes and uh explicit orderings uh that leads to i think really really uh nice still unique flow of combat compared to other game systems uh, still a, a lot of opportunities for very flavorful combat in terms of how everybody's actions interweave. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But without some of the difficulties inherent in like, wait, is anything happening on phase two? Yeah, it's like you, you like almost had to force yourself to stop and ask like, oh, oh, oh yeah, phase two. Or, you know, let's, let's see if we do anything phase two. No, okay. You know, it was like this extra thing to ask. And again, for me, I think it just turned into... Oh, I just I would be like, oh, that that actually could work for phase two, and then like if it came up, I would include it. 
because it made sense and that was like perfect just because I knew about that rule and how it could function. And oh, that's actually great for the player because oh, they can attack before the enemy gets to attack them the next round or something. Like it was kind of a good way to pick up the movement distance gap or something. Again, if you're doing the board game style approach with the, with the, you know, the grid or something, like it actually worked pretty well. But, you know, is what it is. I have no problem either way. I mean, I think it's a, it is a change though to be aware of if you're, if you love the phase combat, uh, you know, it's not here anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, so other things in the combat section, you know, all your advanced combat actions are there if you're into that. You know, we talked about the shield, shield bash and stuff earlier. Um, you know, two arrow notching and setting arrows and all these kind of fun things that if you're into it and want to do that, it's great. I think it's a really fun mechanic and, uh, you know, totally optional. You don't have to do any of those things and some have prerequisites still and uh, but still a really cool flavor thing for the system. Uh, critical hits and misses now, by the way, if you've if you were following a lot of the previous Kickstarters, a lot of the Zothaquaz Woe table is now in the book. <laughs> yeah. So in, in addition to your. Uh, the fun mechanic of what we like to joke on the podcast, you know, how crit is it or how crit it is? You know, you get all the D6, which I think is like, it's cool. You know, after your D20, it's like, oh, it's plus one damage to times three. You know, you get a little extra roll there. And hey, we all love rolling dice, whether they're yeah, physical or digital. I prefer physical, obviously. But, um, you know, I, th- I think the, the crit mechanics were fun before. I think there's, st- and adding the, the critical misses uh, that were in some of the Kickstarter supplements as little little individual handouts, you know, adding all, the, basically all the stuff that you've seen in previous uh, versions, that's a good point, overall are now like in the books, you know, some of the, we're not going to go to the referee's guide today, but some of the monsters and some of the modules have now made their way into the bestiary in the third edition, so you're getting a lot of that stuff consolidated with um, this third edition as well. Um, savings throw is similar, you know, f- combat matrix is still, you know, I, th- I think the, the, the best thing now with having the little combat matrix in the character class section, I find that when you're, instead of doing a lot of math, you literally can just like roll the dice and if you look down, you know, add your weapon modifier to hit and then you see, oh, hey, I'm fighting, a, you don't even have to worry about your fighting ability. You just look at that combat matrix chart and say, oh, I hit AC, uh, AC two, you know, and it, it's, then you, then the referee, you can just kind of yell that out. Oh, I rolled a uh, 18, uh, 18 what it was, total modifiers and that hit AC two. Great. Then you don't have to worry. Your referee doesn't have to do a lot of math, like checking your fighting ability or even checking the combat matrix chart that's here. Um, but again, there's lots of different ways depending on how you run a game, how you want to do the math or not, or you know, there's lots of different ways to speed things up and suit your referee style. Uh, damage death still the same. Yeah, you know, I think the other. Uh, I think lastly, we'll just we'll hit on some of these little appendixes at the end. Uh, so at the end of the player's manual, there are, uh, again, some of these other tools that were available, like from the hyperborea.tv website or from the forums, uh, mainly the name generator, which is one of the most fun uh, guides nice. and, again, gives you literally a great, like, historical reference to a lot of how, the, whether it's a, a matronymic or patronymic to the, the names for the different uh, ethnici- ethnicities that are in the, in the Hyperborea setting. Really cool. They've also added all of, they've added, uh, if you've seen the na- name generator online and some of those other documents, they now have the name generators uh, for all of the new playable races. So check those out. There's some really yep. cool stuff there. I'm not going to spoil anything, but definitely th- there's all the different uh, difference between a uh, Lemurian name and an Oon name is quite, quite uh, contrasting. I'll leave that uh, for you guys to check out. 
Um, there's also a little lordship and stronghold section. This is also referenced in all the character classes at the bottom. You know, once you become lords, lord, you know, at ninth level or whatever, you get you know these followers and the mechanics for that are actually all grouped in this appendix. So it doesn't take up space in the character class section. They've kind of grouped that all at the end, which is you know it's kind of like you know Wiley was saying earlier. You don't. How many times are you really doing that lordship thing? Does it really need to take up all that chunk of space in the character class? You know, Jimmy, you mentioned like how clean and kind of streamlined the character class stuff is. You see all that stuff at a glance. I don't need to see. I know that I know there's lordship. Okay, great. But I don't need all the details about it in the actual character class entry. So that's an appendix. Um, and then it's your typical sort of, you know, uh, uh, you know, referee's guide and just gaming descriptions, OGL license, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, overall, I think uh, again. Uh, We'll keep the referee's guide information to a later date. So if uh, you want to check that out, uh, there are some cool some cool new magic items, new treasure tables, you know, a couple of monsters oh, in wow. there. You know. we'll, this, uh, is, this is really fascinating, Zach. I have mm-hmm. to interject. Yeah. So yeah. Um, one thing that was not in the previous PDF for the name generator was Yakut names because Yakut mm-hmm. wasn't like a listed playable class. And um, I have I've, I have had some Yakut in my campaign, and so I looked up Yakut names, and they're essentially like you know Russian-sounding names. You'd be like you know Bergen Kaskielovich, uh, like they all, sure. always go by like the first and middle name, you know. But it's like it sounds kind of Russian. But the flavor on the Yakut names in the in the three E is amazing and uh, and <laughs> eye-opening. It says that y- the Yakut names can be traced back to Hwaxu, or Kraken, yeah. the cultist yeah. ancestors of Old Earth who modified their traditional names and invented new ones to match the precepts of their faith. So you have a whole t- you have t- uh, table of Kraken names, two tables of Kraken names, which is really cool. Nice. Oh, man. Yeah, there's there's some, yeah, the Romans, yeah, I mean, yeah, again, all the, like, I think it's like 12 additional playable races, you know, the... The Klingit, you know, as we've been very interested in names yeah. and lots of Vikings, pretty similar. Uh, again, it just, I, I think the the third edition, again, just in summary, really compiles a lot of the stuff that's been out there before in different publications. You know, it's kind of up to date on everything that's been, kind of been released. Um, really, again, streamlined graphic legibility, tons of flavor, tons of new art. Definitely go buy it. I mean, it, it's it's you know as much as you know, it's still it's not changing the game compatibility wise, right? You. Everything in 2E is fine. I mean, if you want to use the spells from 2E, it's totally fine. Nothing is sort of earth-shattering changes or anything. Um, we talked about it. maybe the monk class, maybe, you know, but but I mean, like, overall, obviously everything's still backward compatible. All the modules are still completely valid with 3rd edition. Like, you don't have to worry about anything there. Just, by the way, you get a radiation save now instead of your, your constitution. You know, so some of the minor tweaks, I think, will be good to know about. And hopefully by listening to this episode, you know, you can learn some of those things for yourself and make the decision. But, you know, again, I think with a big thumbs up, I would highly recommend getting these uh, PDFs for sure. And, uh, you know, when available, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, getting these physical copies uh, in person. So can't wait. I think the art are just the leather covers. And I mean, always the covers have always been uh, cool. I mean, just from an art standpoint, but man, that 2E, the feel of the two E complete book, the, the the girth of the book, if I can say that, like it's just a just <laughs> immense physical presence on any table. But it just fe- felt good too. I mean, the cover the cover was like a cool texture, and you know, I'm really pumped about the leather stuff. If it's anything like these, like dice pouches, if you make out the leather dice pouch, it's nice. Like all the Northland products, go buy them. The silver blue ice dice. I mean, we're all in. You know, we're all in here. <laughs> but uh, no, you should be too. <laughs> it's a great. 
great system, great game. We we have a blast playing it. You know, on the yeah. trying to get some more uh, back into the Ghost of the Desert Dunes one of these days. Um, but we do hope. Uh, yeah, I think I think just well, I'll I'll leave my parting thoughts, and then I'll leave uh, the rest of the group to their just a couple minutes of parting thoughts. But I think it's awesome, um, and I'm looking forward to playing more of it as we uh, advance into the Desert Dunes. Hopefully, more in 2022. But yeah, James uh, Wiley, any sort of parting thoughts on? 3e i know you because you've been running a lot of you've been running james wise has been running our game to pick it up my mantle as i've been not able to really run games this year uh has been doing an awesome job um and his, his hyperborea game that i get to play in for once which is awesome so but yeah, any put party thoughts on 3e since you've been running basically 2e for two two years now 18 months you're coming out in 18 months right yeah so so um, for me, this is, you know, I am a more novice role player than everybody else on this podcast. Um, and so for me, this was the first new edition, really. I, I guess I was playing Hyperborea 1E, but like, I didn't really even understand what was going yeah. on at that point. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so it's my first real new edition of any role playing game. And so it's, it's, it was eye opening to read this because um, I get, you know, I'm coming from a history of playing magic. And so, like, when there's a new set, you know, like, there are analogs to, like, cards that have been printed before. Like, yeah, if, you, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you've seen one, like, 2-4 Spider with Reach, you know, you've yeah. seen them all. <laughs> uh, but, like, but, you know, it'd be a new name, you know, new, new, you know, maybe, like, some extra abilities added on. Um, and so I kind of expected a, a new edition of this game to be similar. Like, I expected more overarching changes like i expected a different game right and 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 this and this is just not that and so uh and and i don't think that's a bad thing and i think i understand why it's not that because so much work goes into like striking the right balance in the first instance of like how many classes you have what those classes are how they're balanced what spells are available uh you know and and i think that for me um, what was mo- like the most impre- the most impactful, the most impressive thing about this new edition is actually how few changes there are to the substance, mm-hmm. but how many changes there are to like the presentation and accessibility of the material. Like it's really a refinement of a product that I love and really deeply enjoy uh, more than it is a different product. And I love the product so much. Like it, it would have been tremendously risky to like give me like a new set. Like if this were yeah, magic, yeah. Like I might have liked it, I might not have liked it. This I think is like it is just like a strictly better version of two E. So if you like two E, you love three E. Yeah, and 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 I, and I think that's good. All right, uh, John, what do you think? Last parting thoughts? And I, yeah. So I mean, you know, um, if, if if you're listening and you haven't played Hyperborea. Uh, you know, the value for me is, uh, you know, I took, uh, uh, I have kids now that are in college. I'm a little bit older, probably the oldest guy in the, uh, on the podcast. Uh, I turned <coughs> uh, last year. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, uh, when, when my kids were, when I was running around, running my kids around to soccer, I didn't really have time to play role playing games and that sort of thing. So this is a hobby that I've re-engaged with. And, uh, you know, when when I got back into it and I got into 5e, you know, started looking at D&D 5e, I found a game that I wasn't really that familiar with. Um, 
It, mm, it was yeah. really kind of yeah. different than what I had been playing when, when you know, I was a younger man. Um, and mm-hmm. and Zach introduced me to Hyperborea, and I was like, oh, oh, now this is it. <laughs> I found it. This is <laughs> this is the game that that um, you know I played when I when I was younger. And and hey, I I'm not I'm not trying to to talk down Five E. It's just different than what I expected. Uh, I play Five yeah. E now. Uh, I love it. Um, but I love Hyperborea for that that. I mean, for me, it's it's sort of a, a dive back into my younger my younger uh, uh, playing days, and the things you know it it reflects the things that inspired me to get into role playing games in the first place. So um, when James says that that this revision isn't a departure from that older system, that's something that's very welcome for me. Because it's still this yes. comforting, yeah. fun game yes. that takes me back. Uh, but but like you said, um, it, it shaved off some of the some of the burrs, made it a little bit smoother, expanded some of the options, gave you a few more things to do, um, and and uh, and put it in just a gorgeous package. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> so uh, you know, for me, two thumbs up. Uh, yeah. Oh, now there's a reference from. <laughs> give you, give you. An now you really date yourself, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> two, podcast, two thumbs up. Listeners can't see this, but uh, yeah. John is dressed like a super badass pyromancer right now. <laughs> the, 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 the red pants with the orange hoodie and the black turtleneck underneath just like looks like a ignited flame. <laughs> So yeah, and it's not cosplay. It's just like it's like normal outfit. Oh yeah, normal no, this outfit. is just what I wear. What do you, what do you mean, dress like a pyromancer? This is what I wear. Bad camera. So um, yeah, no, love it. It, it it's Great. Uh, uh, good things just getting better. So <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Yeah. All right, Jamie, take us home, and then I'll have to I'll have a, the last word. I, I think. Uh, yeah, Jamie, what's uh, what do you think? My my closing thoughts are are almost best saved for when we talk about the referees manual and we really get to dive into the gazetteer and and the larger world yeah, yeah. because you can see that um, a, as uh, James and John said there's been so much extra polish put on what was already a very very good product what was already a good game system and what was a great world. And so, uh, of course, I think it's it's probably obvious how much I enjoy some of these changes. I can't wait to play a new monk. Uh, I can't wait to play yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, a witch now with some of my you yeah. know, the extra tools in the toolkit. Yes, amen. Uh, but uh, where you'll really hear uh, my excitement is when we um, do an- another episode and, and we we talk about the referees manual and, and talk mm. uh, about that, that extra layer of polish in some of the things that happen behind uh, the curtain for us referees. Yeah. Okay. No, very good. Very good. Yeah. We'll do that. We'll do that. Uh, a couple of weeks. Probably. <laughs> it's going to be a little while. Um, this is a pretty, pretty, uh, Pretty heavy lift, actually, to go through. You know, it, it, but it's 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 great to read through these things again. And I'm just, yeah, like I said, super pumped to be gaming with you guys again. The group's still back in it. I know uh, James, uh, uh, our uh, uh, 
Um, our other pl- uh, James could not join us tonight, the other James, um, but I know he's here in spirit, and we will definitely, again, I, it's, I'm committed to all of you on the, on, on the air here, definitely going to be running some more games in this podcast, got to keep it going, yeah. finally released, yeah. recorded all the backlog, it took 18 months to <laughs> release all the, the three or four episodes, which turned into like six to eight episodes, but hey, it's a crazy, crazy year for everybody I know, but we are honestly very fortunate to be gaming together as much as we have been. Like I said, you That's know, true. James is running Hyperborea game. Jimmy's running five E in Hyperborea. We're, John's running Cthulhu. You know, we got a traveler game on the side. We got we're doing lots of stuff gaming wise and just super pumped. And again, very thankful that we're able to do so uh, as a group. And if you are listening out there, thanks for listening. And again, if you want to check us out on Facebook, Twitter and uh, Instagram at ZGS Podcast, or you can check out our website, which again we'll have these show notes at some point. Probably reformat these in a week or two with a lot of these literal, literal granular changes if you're interested because uh, we did take a lot of pretty uh, laborious notes uh, to get to the show tonight and kind of summarize them. So try to post those to uh, ZephyrGamingStudios.com So thanks everyone and we will catch you next time.